Hey everyone, and welcome to Sifted's 2021 Game of the Year Awards. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted, and alongside me is Matt Kyle, a longtime colleague and friend of mine. Is this our sixth year of doing Game of the Year Awards? Uh, we would have started in 2015. Yeah. So, That's yeah. six years. Yeah, because Marcus didn't make it to the yeah. Game of the Year Awards the first year of Sifted. I ended up doing them with you. Um, so this is our sixth year doing uh, the Game of the Year Awards for Sifted, and they've evolved over time. Um, they've been bigger. They've been smaller. They've had more categories. They've had less categories. Um, this year, I believe we have 23 different categories. I think I saw IGN's awards. They only have like 11 or something. Like They mm-hmm. really chopped them down this year. Um, I don't know why. Um, maybe because what we were looking at with the game award or with the game awards was that like it wasn't a great year for games. <laughs> Let's no, just be honest. It was uh, some limited. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. No. It's just a lot of stuff ended up getting delayed out of mm-hmm. the year, um, and so it ended up being less exciting than maybe I think we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean we're lucky that Halo finished strong. Yeah. Finish the year strong. Coming in right at the last minute in December. Um, Before we get into everything, I just want to get through some nuts and bolts. We are sifted. We are supported 100% by Patreon donations at patreon.com slash sifted. Um, If you'd like to drop us a gift of a beer or two, you can do that by going to sifted.net slash donate. You can literally just put in a dollar or a million dollars, and you can pay for it with your PayPal account or with a credit card. We take payments from 130 different countries. So if you're someone who watches our stuff on YouTube or listens to it on a podcast service and you want to say thanks for the year of content that we've given you guys, that's a great way to do it without any commitment as far as a recurring payment every month like there would be on Patreon. But of course, it would be great if you could pledge at our Patreon. Um, And if you do, if you pledge $4 or more per month, you get all our content early. Uh, For Pactor Factor, that's a week early. For stuff like this, typically four or five days, something like that. Uh, But we do make sure that our patrons always get hooked up first. So here we are for our Game of the Year awards for 2021. Um, As I said, we have over 20 categories. There's a couple that we are not going to tackle that maybe you might expect. There's no fighting category this year. Matt, do you think they're... That's the right call. <laughs> I mean, it's very at this point. It's pretty rare to have a year with a more than one standout fighting game. Um, if you're forcing me to pick this year, I'd say Guilty Gear Strive. Yeah. Uh, but also, I haven't played that enough to really know. You me know, either. I, I yeah. Dug in. I, I don't have that. I have not had the time to dig into it. And a lot of the rate the way I use the one of the ways I used to know uh, fighting games one way or the other, whether they're well, they're good or not, or beyond whether just I like them, is I'd go to the, some of the local events and play yeah. casuals with people, and yep. you can't do that anymore. Nope, so. <laughs> you can't do anything with anyone anymore. I agree with that. If we were to do a fighting category, I mean, it's the default winner. It was maybe yeah. the only decent fighting game that released last year. Yeah, the other one would be uh, the Virtua Fighter release for PS4, right. PS5, which, which is, is an just old a re-release game. with yep. some new costumes. Yep. And bad online. So. Yep, exactly. A <laughs> couple other categories that, are, that are, did not make the cut this year. No sports game this year. Um, but I do, just like Matt wanted to mention, Guilty Gear Strive. I want to mention Riders Republic. Um, mm. I kind of wish that I could have found some place for it um, in our awards. But you'll have to wait and see if I did. But I think I probably just told you that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that game to me is really good, and it would have won for me easily sports game of the year. The problem is that all the other sports games were bad. FIFA, I think, was okay. I'm just terrible at it. Uh, but Madden this year wasn't great. Um, it just wasn't a good year for sports games, so that's not on the docket. And then finally, 
No VR game. First no. time we've not had a best VR game in a while. Um, this has been an awful year for VR. I didn't play any VR games. There just year. has. I played a couple, but like I have problems with motion sickness with VR, and so you know it's hard for me to play them in longer stretches than like ten or fifteen minutes at a time. And honestly, Matt, there just weren't any VR releases this year that convinced me. You know what? It's worth maybe getting sick to play it. There mm-hmm. just weren't. So. Those are the three categories you might expect that are not going to be in the awards, fighting, sports, and VR. But now, on to the ones that are, and there are plenty. We're going to kick things off with best first-person shooter. Um, Another thing I'd say about these awards, Matt, this year is that you and I agreed on more awards, I think, than ever. Hmm. As far as, so there's going to be a lot of... There wasn't a lot, a lot to pick from. There like, wasn't. You know, like a lot of times you get a category, and I'm like, oh, I think my instinct is this. Yeah. But... Let me see what else came out. I oh, know I was right. No, I was, that I was, was right. right. That, was, that, was, that was definitely the best one. Yeah. Was like, so there's going to be a lot of awards uh, this year where Matt and I announced them together because we've picked the same game. Because the competition in some categories, it was just blatantly obvious which game should win. Um, we do mostly we just pick winners. Um, as we get towards the end and we have some of the bigger awards, then we will pick a runner-up and a winner. But I think we only have like three or four categories where we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, for the most part, 19 or 20 of them um, are just the winner. Um, and I know if you remember me from the game trailers days, we'd have five nominees for each category and we'd write a paragraph about each one. We've cut it to the quick here at Sifted. So, um, and I think most people are doing awards those ways. As I said, IGN, I think only has like 11 awards it's even handing out this year. So people are kind of cutting them down. We don't really do that because we've been doing them this way since I started Sifted. Uh, but if you remember the, our Game of the Year awards at Game Trailers, those things were a beast. It sucked. <laughs> oh, man. It was so much work at the end of the year when you've already worked all through mm-hmm. the year. And you're just dragging your butt across the finish line. And then here comes this huge project. So um, I decided to prevent that tragedy here at Sifted. And we do things a little more streamlined. And we're yeah. going to kick things off. Always, I remember always being annoyed that like they, there was a period where we did our Game of the Years in January. Yeah. We gave time to play everything. And then basically executive branch forced us to do it in early December. And... Uh, so we had to cut off a bunch of stuff because stuff always came out in December. Yep. Um, somebody, I just did Ask Shane Anything this past weekend, and it was great, by the way. Uh, you guys should try to get in on that when you can. We had a really good discussion this time, and that was one of the topics that came up. Like, should we do our Game of the Year awards in January? Should the Game Awards happen in January? And I explained mm-hmm. the myriad reasons why they happen in December, just getting talent there, you yeah. know, when they're down, they have downtime from whatever they're working on at the time. It's It just works out that way. So, But anyway... We're all the talent. We, yeah, in the end, we we started doing. Uh, we we really started doing them in December, in earnest when uh, the VGAs started being being in, in December regularly, so that we could get everybody who was in town to come accept <laughs> their awards at our show because they were already in town for the VGA. Yeah, and we didn't care. We were like, whatever. Yeah. Like, if we're uh, gonna pay to bring them in, and, and, yeah. If they weren't there, you know, you can't control what they do during. Yeah, the day. we didn't care either <laughs> because if you, look, if they're doing something with you, it's just more promo for what we're doing. Yeah. So if they go on something that you're doing, and they're like, oh, we're in town for and our stuff VGAs. inevitably aired after. Yeah. Usually. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's kick things off with best first-person shooter. Matt, you and I picked the same winner in this one, which should tip people off to what the winner is. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> not of alignment in that this nope. year. And that game is Halo, Halo Infinite. Infinite. Best first-person shooter. Now, you guys may not be surprised that Matt picked that, but you may be surprised that I did. 
um, because I, I do play a metric ton of shooters, and I've played, I think, every significant shooter yeah. from this year. I'm not super surprised because it's the only thing you haven't had serious caveats about. Yep, exactly. You just explained my that, – that's my explanation for why it was the winner. And this was easy because I – Honestly, I haven't played Call of Duty Vanguard hardly at all. Like, I played it a ton. I always forget the name of that game. It's so weird. I keep it, thinking Warzone. A lot of people have forgotten Royale. the game itself yeah. because its sales are almost cut in half from last year. So, Vanguard is a great... Battlefield 2042 is a total travesty. It's a broken mm -hmm. mess. It, it was easy to pick Halo Infinite because, like or hate what Halo Infinite is doing... It's very, the code is very clean. It works very well. It does exactly what it's supposed to. They're just now starting to roll out Slayer and a bunch of other playlists this week, which is some stuff I've been asking for. Hopefully they roll out some more big team battle maps. But really what it came down to for me is I was like, what shooter have I had the most fun playing this year? And it was Halo Infinite. Not just the multiplayer, but that was also the most fun multiplayer I've played this year. The campaign. Mm -hmm. That campaign is one of the best first person shooter campaigns I have played in a long, long time. And I play Call of Duty every year. So um, I feel like I'm pretty and I well... don't, for the reason that I don't <laughs> think their campaigns are very good, if they're even there. Yeah, and they're usually like three hours long. Like, mm. this is a monster compared yeah. to most shooter campaigns. Like, and look, I like open world stuff, and it pulled me in with all those stupid collectibles and things like that. Like, you know, it... it 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 re it revamped Halo into something that's more along what I'm looking for now, and yep. I appreciated that. And I would honestly, it's the first, it's the first first person shooter campaign I finished in a long time that made me wish there was more. Um, maybe Titanfall two. Yeah, well, not even Titanfall two. Titanfall two is pretty short. Titanfall two is pretty short, but also Titanfall two is just about as long as that story should be. Yeah, I mean the story itself, but I enjoyed playing it so much. Yeah, I, I would definitely like more, wanted more. I would like another campaign of Titanfall yeah. two. I guess would be like ten hours is what yeah. I wanted. I got about five out of it. Maybe give me another five hour campaign. Yeah, to go with it. And I don't know if we'll ever see another Titanfall. I'm really starting to know. wonder at this point. And they pulled, uh, they pulled, they're pulling the first game completely down or something i saw licensing something yeah. or other i'm guessing yeah uh halo infinite's great uh, if you haven't played it yet go play it mm -hmm. again we as we've said last week it's free on game pass quote unquote free um even if you just get game pass for a month spend the 13 bucks to play halo infinite it's worth every penny it's a ton of fun you may end up getting hooked on the multiplayer um but easily to me it was the best first person shooter of 2021 and i'll be honest i really didn't expect that to happen no um no, I was I was fully ready for this just to be another blah entry to a series that has two blah entries in a row so far. Yeah, my runner-up is Far Cry 6. I know we said we weren't going to give runners-up, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, I liked Far Cry 6 more than I liked Call of Duty or Battlefield. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the only other shooter I liked this year. Yeah. So it wasn't Not a, that I, I didn't play Call of Duty or Battlefield, but... Yeah, it wasn't a great year for the genre, but... Halo Infinite is still a great game. It would be a competitor in any other year for best first-person shooter. I guess so. some would count Resident Evil Village... I guess. I didn't yeah. think the shooting was very good in that, though. Yeah. The rest of it was it, good. Yeah, it felt a little awkward. I struggled to find places for that game in these awards, too. Yeah, mine mine, it, it slipped through the cracks, basically. For yeah, me. it's weird. Some games, in, when you get to the end of the year, there's just no place where they fit, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And uh, so anyway, we got a bunch more awards to get to. But Halo Infinite, the easy winner for best first-person shooter of 2021. Next category... Best multiplayer game. Matt, what is your pick? Um, well, as someone who's not super into competitive multiplayer outside of fighting games, I got a chance to cheat this year, so I get to pick It Takes Two, 
which is just co-op multiplayer. Yep. Um, but I think it worked really, really well. Way better than I expected it to. Oh, this like. is one of the, the most pleasant surprises yeah. of 2021. I won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Yeah, especially coming from the people that made, uh, what was uh, the way the, the Way Out? Was yeah, that the, A Way the, Out. The, yeah. the Prison Break game that yeah. I, I got have a physical revulsion towards for whatever <laughs> reason. I just don't like that game. Uh, but this is great. Like I was, I was really unprepared for how good this was, and uh, it's definitely the best, the most fun I had playing with another person in a video game this year. I would almost agree with that. Um, there, there's a lot of competition I think this mm-hmm. year, and um, for multiplayer, and there was all different types. I mean, your winner is a cooperative 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine is not, but it's also probably not a game people expect. People may be sitting there right now waiting for me to say Halo Infinite. It's not Halo Infinite. My winner is Chivalry 2. I had a blast playing this game. Hmm. Um, I played in the beta, and then once the beta ended and I got final review code, I played it even more. Um, Now, I do realize that there's a Chivalry 1, so it's not completely innovative. And I'll say this, they didn't change a ton. Um, about this compared to the first game, but it's been such a long time since the first Chivalry that I had almost completely forgotten what it was like to play it again. So it felt completely fresh and new to me when also, I was playing. Also, as I will always say, uh, execution matters way more than innovation. Yeah. And they executed that guy real well. Well, they finally got where the first Chivalry should have mm. arrived at, and it well, didn't. Well, the first Chivalry, I, I haven't played Chivalry, Chivalry 2, but... The first one always felt a little more slippery than it should have been. And archaic, in all yeah. honesty, in a lot of ways. It felt like this thing that like one dude threw together that just kind of caught fire. Because it was that, yeah. It was kind of that. Yeah, this game, much more polished, feels much more substantial. Um, the combat feels way, way better than it did in the first game. Um, it doesn't feel like you're running around on like ice skates like you did a mm. lot in the first one. Um, yeah, the first I, one felt like it was, it was a Source Engine, because it felt yeah, like Source Engine. yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed this game. I had a ton of fun with it. I'm still playing it here and there. Um, unfortunately, like I, I don't have a way to play PC games on my TV. I think that has hurt my playtime of this game more than anything. Mm. Um, I have to go back and sit in my PC chair to play it after sitting in that PC chair all day working. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they haven't done uh, console versions. Yeah, yeah, but I have Maybe the PC version. I, I mean, know. even they are, or even if they did, like I have the PC version, and so. I'm kind of trapped on that platform right now. I've still spent it, like, just to put it in perspective, I still played it a ton. So there were tons of days where I worked, like, 12, 14 hours in a chair, and at the end of those 12 or 14 hours, decided I would stay in that chair to play this game. So I had a lot of fun with it. I don't see another game coming along until probably Chivalry 3 that plays like this game. Um, and so it was good to get back to it and play it again. This game was the original was a huge hit at game trailers. People were playing it after work like every night for like weeks and weeks. Um, and so there was a little bit of nostalgia tied into playing this for me too. Um, it reminded me a lot of my old coworkers at game trailers fondly. Um, and I think that maybe played into it a little bit as well. But it's just fun. Um, and it's also one of those games where stuff happens all the time that you would never expect. Like mm-hmm. just random that's what happens when you have like a hundred people running at each other with melee weapons like crazy stuff is going to happen and the game allows for it too because you can pick up like anything and throw it and if you actually throw something at someone it could kill them um i had a ton of fun with this if you guys have not checked it out yet i highly recommend it my guess is it's probably pretty cheap by now um so my multiplayer game the best multiplayer game of 2021 for me is chivalry 2 Hmm. all right 
Let's move on. Next up, best adventure game. This uh, genre gets confused a lot, I believe, online. Like, if you were to Google, like, best adventure game, like, most of the stuff that's going to come up in Google is going to be, like, action-adventure games. But really, what adventure games are, and I hate to kind of spell it out so plainly, generally, they're games that have a low focus on interactivity and and uh, mm-hmm. combat. Um, it's not really about how the controls feel. A lot of them are more, like, puzzle-driven. Um, things like that. Point-and-click games are adventure games. Uh, Telltale's games are adventure games. That's the genre that we're talking about right here. And, Matt, what is your adventure game of the year for 2021? Mine is Sable. Sable. Um, which the is... game I could recreate in Microsoft Paint. So you claim. <laughs> but uh, this has actually made it onto more game of the year list than I expected. It, it has, to. yeah. Um, I've seen it around. I thought I was the only one who uh, had a soft spot for this thing. But I have probably played this for, like, 25 30 hours um, a lot of people say it's broken is that true uh, a little bit yeah like it, it is places where it's a little broken but also you can use the broken to your advantage in places mm-hmm. uh, the climbing is a little wonky uh, but you can make that work for you okay um, <laughs> the uh, yeah it's 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 not where it's, I would love to see it get another uh, another layer of polish on it yeah but, um, another pass yeah but in terms of just sort of getting you out there exploring the stuff Saying, look in the, th- I bet there's something on top of that. Mm-hmm. I bet I can get up there. Somehow. How do you get up there? Yeah, and like there's a lot of that, and like I can't do that yet. But if I could climb for another two seconds, I could. So I'm gonna go collect some more <laughs> of those little worm things. Yeah, and turn them in and get more stamina, so I can get up there. Ah, I knew if I got up there, I'd be able to glide over there. And there's another worm thing. This has um, light RPG elements as well. A little bit, yeah. There's yeah. like outfits you can get that uh, they don't really do anything, but they make you look cool and they make people react to you a little different in places. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can gather, you get money for things, and like you, that's how you buy the outfits and parts for your your uh, hover bike. You yep. can you can customize that. Um, you can even turn it into like a weird insect thing if you want. It's very weird. Huh. Little legs on it and stuff. Huh. Um, and there's a big world to explore. There's not a whole lot of stuff to do in it, but every time you see some kind of structure, there's something there. There's like crashed spaceships where you can go in, and if you can activate stuff, you can learn about why there are people on this world. Like it's you know what what happened, and, and you know because it's so. Basically, these people are descendants of, like, crashed space travelers. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long they don't remember that. Interesting. And so it's it's been thousands of years or something. I played so, a good bit of this. Um, so I, I pulled it, I put this up every, every well, at least once a week, I would say. Sort of like what I do with No Man's Sky, where I'll just, oh. like, I'll just put it up and, like, put, put it on and, and play it while I'm listening to podcasts or you know, just a, it's a relaxing game. And it's the, of, of all the adventure games this year, this is the one I keep going back to. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much why it's the one I I didn't leave behind when I was done with it or didn't leave behind when we stopped talk when we finished talking about it on the show. Sometimes I'll just like never go back and play something again because you're like mission just, accomplished. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I don't yeah. need to know anything more about that game ever again. <laughs> it's an interesting think, yeah. mental thing that you go yeah. through when you are you're on a podcast. Yeah, whether you go back to a game or not, um, because you do feel like once you finish talking about it on a show, you've done the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you need to separate, like, is it a job or is it, what am I going to do for fun? What do I do with my free time just to enjoy myself? It's mm-hmm. very weird. Um, it's hard to explain unless you've done it really. Um, but I think that's a good pick. Um, I played it a good bit and I enjoyed it. Um, so mm-hmm. I can totally understand why it would be. And your... they are still working on, like, you know, patches have gone up to fix some things like the, the jerky hover bike stuff went away. 
the weird frame rate hitching is gone now. Like they've they've continued to improve it. Yep. So uh, yeah, I I you know we waited <laughs> I waited years for that game, and it's certainly not like you know game of the year candidate or anything. Mm-hmm. But like I really liked what it delivered, and I love the look. I love the Mobius inspired visuals, and I love look, the look of that game. It doesn't look like anything else. It really you doesn't. Even though it's cell shaded, like mm-hmm. it's cell shading is completely unique. Yeah. Oh, and they added um they added uh, visibility toggles. Because one of the things when it launched, like when it when it got dark at night in buildings, you couldn't see anything. Like all the all the outer, you know, the, the outlines of everything, they soften those when it's dark to the point that you couldn't see. Huh. It was just like a big blue blur. Wow. I even posted pictures to Twitter. I'm like, this isn't, in, this can't be intentional. That it looks because like, I can't see anything. <laughs> right. like, I don't want to look. Yeah. And they added like oh, uh, options to, like make heavier or heavy outlines of things so you can always see what you're looking it at. Always, stuff like that always puzzles me. It's like, how did they not catch that? Yeah, like, what, are, what were you playing that on that you couldn't, <laughs> like, you didn't see that? Some old, like, tube TV or something, I maybe. Know. I don't know. Uh, I think that's a good pick, though. Uh, my pick for Adventure Game of the Year, and I will say this, this was one of the tougher categories for me to choose. And there haven't been, there weren't, there aren't many. Most of these were very obvious Yeah, this was a pretty crowded category this, this, year. this year. Yeah, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes no. you're picking between, like, two. I mean, there was a time when it wouldn't have been in the show. That's true. Give like 10, 12 yeah, years cut ago. Cut it out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my pick for adventure game of the year for 2021 is Little Nightmares 2. This is Bandai Namco's kind of indie <laughs> experiment that it's been going on for a while now. It is a, it's one of those little people, big world games where you are like this little almost mouse sized character in this world full of gigantic people and creatures. It's not really a horror game. It's just more spooky than anything else. Um, but there are some very clever puzzles in this game. The tone in this game um, is excellent. They nail it. Um, the art, the lighting, um, I loved everything about this game. The other game that was right there for me um, was Life is Strange True Colors. And I just I waffled back and forth on those two games, and I just felt like, I felt like Little Nightmares 2 just felt more fresh to me. And look, there's nothing wrong with Life is Strange True Colors. The writing's good. The story's very heartfelt. Uh, There are a couple twists in the story that I never saw coming. But I just felt like I had played things very similar to it before. The only game that I had played that feels like Little Nightmares 2 is Little Nightmares 1. Mm -hmm. There's really no other game like it. Uh, There's the art style and the... It's... It's very macabre without being like a horror game. It's hard to explain. It's got a Tim Burton quality. Yeah, to it. like, like if Tim o- Burton made like more stop motion stuff. Yeah, like I would be okay if like if like uh, you know my sister came to me and was like, hey, you know your nephew is interested in this game. Is it okay if he plays it? I'd be like, yeah, like I'm, he can play Little Nightmares yeah. too. He's like eight years old. Like yeah, it's got a uh, it's got a um, I don't know um, Coraline or no, uh, that's that's actually a really that good comparison. Yep. Yep, even, and I, even sort of Guillermo del Toro a little bit. Yeah, like a little bit. Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, the other game we were talking about earlier yeah. from the Game Awards that reminded me of Pan's Labyrinth. Um, one of the first DVDs I ever bought, mm. oddly enough. <laughs> and I, I think I watched it once and never watched it again. So um, so anyway, there you go. That's my pick for Best Adventure Game of 2021, Little Nightmares 2. Next up. We're moving on to Best RPG, and Matt, since we have been doing these awards, I do not think this genre has been more barren than it was, yeah, it was this uh, year. it was not a lot here. It made it easy to make my pick, but it shouldn't be easy to make my pick for Best RPG. Mm-hmm. Usually every year there's like six action RPGs and 
four really good turn-based RPGs to choose from. This year, the pickings were pretty slim. Yeah. And certainly, even the ones that I liked were more, oh, this is a, a little delightful thing, like the voice of cards. Yeah. Which is a fine little turn-based RPG that was very based around cards, as a, presentationally based around cards. That's not yeah. a card game, by any means. Yeah. Just cards are an aesthetic in that game more than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, then you have things like Bravely Default, which, yeah, which is like cool, but nostal- mm. it's just a nostalgia itch, but it also gets very repetitive. But once you scratch that itch, you're like, oh, there's a lot more of this to go. Isn't <laughs> yeah. um, I'm done scratching. So yeah. the one, uh, and I admit I didn't, I haven't finished this yet either because it's gigantic. Uh, but my pick is Tales of Arise. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really one of like three viable options. Yeah, and like the th- <laughs> reason for this one, I mean, I've always liked the Tales series. I fell out, fell fall out of it for a while because I felt like they were getting sort of um, flimsy yeah. after, for a while after after Vesperia I felt like Vesaria was sort of like meh I never played Vesaria at all and uh, I didn't finish it by any means uh, not not like, I haven't finished this because I'm just still working on it I mm-hmm. haven't finished Vesaria because I'm just like that's ah, enough what you're saying yeah I'm done this isn't a game that you talked about on the show and then you put it down for good no I came, I, I came back to this this one's still installed mm-hmm. uh, and it, and believe me if I could ins- uninstall it I would because it's taking up a lot of space <laughs> how um, big is it I don't want to say it's like 70 gigs. Oh, wow. 60 gigs. Wow. Okay. Um, but I really like this one. Uh, I think this is a really good example of how to take the sort of B-list JRPG into the modern, you know, no B-list game space. Yeah. Like they made a they made a triple-A tri- Tales game, basically. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I think they pull it off. Uh, it's not perfect, and it's probably not going to change your mind if you can't stand the, you know, sort of anime JRPG thing, subgenre. Um, but I will say that the the voice acting avoids the weird anime grunting way better than Final Fantasy VII does. <laughs> um, there's something about sort of the more straightforward presentation of this that I that I find the tropes more tolerable than the way they present them in Final Fantasy VII's remake, which like you know they're cl- they're clearly thinking about it when they're making this, but they're not doing the same thing, and it's two tales of arises uh, a benefit that they're not trying to do the same thing. Um, Otherwise, it does follow kind of the form. But it's also, it was kind of nice to get into the formula of the old JRPG. It's like, okay, go to this. Now you got to a new town. Something's wrong in this town. What's wrong in this <laughs> you town? You got to fix it. Oh, this is wrong in this town. <laughs> this person, this guy with curiously advanced and careful character design to his visual look appears to know things about the problem in this town. Oh, yeah. I guess he's going to join us to solve the problem in this town. Yeah. He's going to come with us now that we've solved the town. And you do that five times, and then you've got a whole team together, and now you got to go kill the bad thing. So that's that's basically the formula, but it all works, and uh, presentationally gorgeous. Uh, music's great. Like this is the best Tales game since Vesperia. Cinetype uh, brings up something good in chat. What made you choose between this versus Scarlet Nexus? Um, if I'm completely honest, I pretty much forgot about Scarlet Nexus. Well, there you go. If you forgot about it, yeah, like I, enjoy, I actually <laughs> it didn't did, leave a lasting impression. No, I actually did like Scarlet Nexus when I played it, but I did not really feel. I felt like after about fifteen twenty hours, it had shown me what it had. Yeah, uh, and in this, honestly, like this, obviously, it showed me what it had. The, the real time combat in this is is good. It's a little, it's a little overwrought once you get all the systems unlocked. Yeah. But once you learn how it works, there is a there. I mean, it is kind of satisfying in the sense that like if you don't know what you're doing or you're doing things wrong, this boss battle will take. Like thirty minutes, or it could take like four minutes. Yeah, you know? like is <laughs> the boss I fought in this took me a long yeah. time. Oh, and some of the optional stuff is going to take you for it's yeah. gonna, they're, they're long fights. But chipping like, away, and the, the 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 teammate AI is 
pretty dumb. It's like but you the, can instruct them. You for can the most instruct part. them. You can you can work with it. But early on, you're like, okay, well the thing, you know, the big monster is gonna shoot. Like here's the 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 grid for where it's gonna hit. Everybody get out and like all your AI teammates just run right. Into they the weren't grid. there before, and they're like, oh, we're gonna get in front of the thing. I'm like, no, guys, over here. Um, so you yeah. gotta learn how to micromanage and stuff like that. But like. The big difference, I think, there is I wanted to see what happened to these people. I, I mean, I could to- tell you why I like this game better than Scarlet Nexus is because Scarlet Nexus, Nexus design feels like a throwback to me, like the way the mm-hmm. levels are designed. This feels more like a modern action RPG with yeah. a big, sprawling, semi-open world. Scarlet Nexus was like very self-contained, very small areas that you fight through. Yeah. You finish the area, you load in the next one. Like, yeah, like the, the combat's good, but like it just doesn't... It it doesn't match up to the scope it wants you to think it has. Yeah. Also, uh, Japanese like action RPG designers, I never need to go up or down another metal staircase ever <laughs> again. Just so you know, like I don't ever need to run along scaffolding ever again. You never need to do that again. It's okay. Yeah. Make them out of stone or something. I'm just like if I have to run down one more OSHA uncertified staircase in a JRPG, I'm going to rip it out of the console. Yep. So yeah, uh, this this one I think just hit all it, it fire it hits all the all the marks and it does have a more um it, more traditional I guess but it does have a more epic feel. Than oh, Scarlet absolutely. Nexus. Yep, that's why I liked it more. Um, I also got tired of the constantly having to choose a specific ability or attack in Scarlet Nexus for a very specific enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm I like more like a one size fits all as long as you're actually good design. Instead of like you have to use this yeah. to take on this type of an enemy. I mean, Tails, it gets does, old after Tails a while. does have that. You got to use certain things for certain weaknesses, but you can pretty much power through if you have to. Uh, it's not going to penalize you for not having that character mm-hmm. do anything. Also, like most enemies in Tails, especially once you get everybody unlocked, tend to be weak to more than one thing mm-hmm. unless they're very specific. Um, I never felt like I was hamstrung. Like I never felt like I had to sit around waiting for that other character. To re-ready their their you know their their assist move, right. so I could actually do damage, yeah. which happened in Scarlet Nexus a fair amount. Yep, absolutely, uh, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent Okay, and I have a completely different pick for best mm-hmm. RPG of 2021. This may surprise people a little bit. We'll see. Uh, my pick is Monster Hunter Stories 2. And I know you. This would be the other. This is the other one I considered. And I know you probably thought I was going to say Monster Hunter Rise, which was the traditional Monster Hunter game that was a Switch exclusive that now I believe is coming to PC as well. I like this way more. Um, Monster I Hunter mean, Rise. So do I, but I hate Monster Hunter, so that's not uh, a surprise. Monster Hunter Rise is just a typical another online Monster Hunter game. This game felt completely different. Felt like something completely new. The combat system in it is turn-based, but there's all these wrinkles to it where you can either be riding on your beast or you can be on foot. There's all these synergies that you can do. The attacks are way more impressive and fun. Um, Whereas Monster Hunter Rise was kind of like this chip away at big bosses or, you know, kind of learn how to manipulate wildlife. This game was more about straight-up combat strategy, and I really enjoyed it. I also thought the story was miles better than Monster Hunter Rise. Not even close, honestly. Monster Hunter rarely... I mean, calling Monster Hunter stories stories is almost a right. generous... Yeah, and the story's legit in this and really yeah. good. Like, it legitimately, this is a straight-up turn-based JRPG. Yeah. Like, there's no... It legitimately hooked me in. I feel like a lot of people overlooked this game this year. I would... Yeah. You know, Christmas is a good time to get games that, yeah. like, you don't want to pay for yourself. Yeah, probably in part because it was only Switch and PC, so if you were 
focusing on PS5, P- PlayStation or Xbox that you would have missed this. Yeah. But it is good. I really liked it. There's a whole creature raising element to it yeah. where you're collecting eggs and raising your, your own creatures. Really, that, the, the only thing that kept it from winning the spot was uh, monsties. No, that the word monsties. I, I <laughs> fucking hate that word. I just can't. And then when I found out that it's actually a combination of monster and bestie, fuck you. <laughs> that was it. That like, was you're, glad, I'm luck, you're lucky I didn't buy a physical copy of this because I would just thrown it out the window <laughs> at that point. But no, I really did like this game. Yeah, I had, I had a ton of fun with this game. I enjoyed it. It's also long and beefy. You get your money's worth with it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And now in hindsight, maybe the RPGs of 2021 were too bad. A couple of good ones. Yeah, in there. Scarlet Nexus. Is, you know, we didn't get like a Witcher 3 or an yeah. Elder Scrolls right. or like a big Western thing. But we, like Japan delivered. It did. Yeah. Which I mean, Scarlet like, Nexus was good too. Feel like, like it's been a while since I've been able to say. And that. If you were into, if you're into Shin Megami Tensei Five, like all right, you know, there's another that. One. Yeah, um, I didn't like it very too much. Too grindy but, for me. I, oh, yeah. I, get, I started. But it. if that's what you're after, it, do, it does it really well. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah. that's to be honest, that's like number four for me. Yeah, yeah. Just because there's four of them basically, <laughs> but Japan came through in a, in a variety of different ways and with a variety of different tastes. North America so. was delaying. Japan yeah. was delivering. Yeah. In, in RPGs anyway. Yeah. So there you go. That's best RPG of 2021. Next up, best indie game. Ah, uh, Chris Tales. Yeah, somebody mentioned it. Chris That's Tales a good one was too. good. Colombian. Yeah. Colombian game. Well, that was the one that had the crazy, like, dual reality thing. Yeah. That whole mm-hmm. mechanic where it's a little too confusing maybe for me in certain points. Yeah, it was it was but it was just unique. It was I liked that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I was, uh, I was into that game. I played it a and lot that, actually. I spent a lot of time with that one. So you're right, that's another good option. And not from Japan, I would add. Uh so anyway, best indie game. This is a wide network cast in here with this one. Yeah. This is a there's a lot. It's like indie games are really there's so boing. many the indie games are really uh, propping the team up this year uh and you know with all the triple a stuff kind of fell by the wayside or slipped to next year this is one category where i give an award for it but i would never say that my choice is like the definitive best indie game because i don't mm-hmm. think maybe robert Manuel. i don't know if he's in chat he today is in there. i've seen him talking. if he's in there like he probably could deliver to you the definitive indie game of 2021 I am just being perfectly honest with you. I have not played anywhere near yeah. enough. I haven't played it. I mean, look, you, I, I don't know if you can. Here, so I, the LA Times yesterday, the LA Times put up their game of the year, their top ten list, and um, I'd never heard of four of them. Really? Like I have it here. Um, they had uh, Behind the Frame, the finest scenery. I've never heard of that. Genesis Noir, never heard of that. I haven't heard of that. Overboard. And Last Call. I had never heard of any of those games. I looked them up, and they're all really interesting. Yeah. I have also not played uh, Chicory. The, the I haven't played it either. That dog, is one I the dog played. painting game. Yeah. I have, everyone says that's great, and I haven't. Gotten yeah, that. that game's got pretty much unanimous praise. Uh, and its number one was the Artful Escape, which I also haven't played. Yeah. Um. So it's just a lot out there. There's um, just too much. I haven't played Solar Ash yet. Yeah, I've um, I've spent some time with Solar Ash enough to know it's not my indie game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still want to play it. It's good, um, but it's not. Mind blowing. So I played a lot of I played a lot of interesting stuff uh, this year in terms of that. Um, I really did like uh, unpacking. I feel like I came to that late because it was already sort of the darling. Well, it's funny. Like you don't expect that game to be what it is. At least mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, it ends but, up having like this insane like narrative that's told in a very mm-hmm. unique way. Yeah. But in the end, I had to pick the game that I liked the best. Yeah. Uh, and that was Inscription. Inscription. 
Um, I have not played this at all. It's real good. Uh, it is. I mean, you do have to get. It's a car. It's a dark card game. But get for further. Like I can't tell you more about it. Really? Because it is something. Just that. It's not a card game. Oh. It is though. The first act is. It's a card. Battle you're game. playing card battle game against a mysterious guy who kills you. Um, if you fail, if you lose, uh-huh. and your car, some of your cards are alive, and they take offense if you play them wrong, and like you have to build your deck from like by unlocking, fix, solving puzzles around the room you're trapped in and stuff, of finding ancient cards, their old cards that are also alive, and like trying to help you beat the the guy. That's, but once you get through that first part, like it's, you're not just playing cards forever. You get to another thing, and the game is very different oh so it changes um, yeah i mean this this is the this i mean the, this trailer is pretty nuts dude. yeah this is like, by the, this is by the, the stuff that it shows in like a this minute is by the makers of pony island if you if you, pl- if you played that pony no, island, i haven't pony island is a few years ago but it starts as sort of a game with like a like a, a horse on a on an island and becomes one of the most horrifying things you'll ever play really uh pony island is a trip wow um if you get it you, you, i've not played it go ahead go ahead and grab that for like four bucks or whatever it is on steam and like play pony island um and good luck really like it, it's it's a it's a how did it, i not hear about this interesting uh yeah it's um but so i what really does like, encryption end up becoming if it's not a car battle game does it become an adventure game, an action sort adventure? Of, yeah, sort of, or like a almost a, an escape room game, but oh, also okay. an FMV game, but also a, a, a ARG. But all, like it, it goes places. Like, it, but a lot of like discovering that is part of the fun. But it's a three act game, and none of the acts play the same. Okay. Um, but like, the tone is great. The 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 what it's saying, it was doing is great. Um, the actual card game is great it's like good. It, it's a it's a good game in and of itself mm-hmm. like even if that's doesn't it's really just one act point, <laughs> yeah. um you can go back and play it you know as much as you want mm-hmm. um and it's funny like it's funny and it's creepy and it's great like okay. uh and it, it came out of you know it didn't come out of nowhere if you're paying attention but there was sort of the, it was one of those it was one of those things where like you know like especially when you follow on twitter all the people we know in the industry and like suddenly like a, like 4 days before something comes out you see like him, like Rob Manuel and Patrick Klepek and and Shane Bettenhausen and all of them are, all of them are mentioning the same game and yeah. you're like oh I better figure out what that is right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this was one of those for me it's like gotcha. everybody's talking about inscription i guess i better go look at this i i missed it i'm not on twitter very much though on i don't have time to spend so on this twitter. was definitely a word of mouth game for yeah. me and i'm glad I, i'm glad i i listened because uh it was really good awesome i mean this is a great year for indie stuff it is but this was by far my favorite and i think someone who knows me understands why inscription hooked me i'm gonna play it um on your recommendation and people are gonna hate me for my pick for best indie game because it's (laughs) they are though can you see why i'm saying oh yeah yeah but it is one it is and it's really good and that game is kenna bridge of spirits and i really liked it it's i mean i think the thing about it for me is that like this is a very small team like it is an indie game i mean people think of it as a sony game for some reason but people don't think it's an indie game because it looks and plays so well it's (laughs) It's a a legitimate indie game and i don't look i don't want to say like the goal of an indie studio is to make a game where people can't tell it's from an indie studio i'm just saying this was from an indie studio and it's a really really good action adventure um i had a ton of fun with it the presentation is amazing the 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 
The tone of the game is amazing. The mm-hmm. combat's good, not great. Um, it's as good as it needs to be. But the story is very charming. The story's awesome. Um, the carrot, I think Kena, Kena, whatever the hell she's called, yeah. is a great character. She's going to live. She calls herself Kena. Right, so Kena. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume she knows how to pronounce her own name. <laughs> I don't know. But everybody, all the other characters say it different a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a great game, and it's made by a small independent team. And um, I, it's of all the indie games I played this year, this is the one I enjoyed the most. That's just the truth of the matter. I spend a lot of time playing indie games throughout the course of the year, but I will be honest with you. And a lot of times I play play them for an hour and I quit um, because I'm like, oh, that seems like a cool concept. And I play it and I'm like, it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, like I get it and I get yeah. it and I move on. Well, because a lot of the indie stuff, you know, it's it's like you, you know, the one they got the one good idea. And they build it around that, and it's yeah. really cool. But once you get that, it's it's like playing on like an old school arcade game. It's yeah, like, yeah, I get it. I know there's like 256 levels of Pac-Man, but I got it after three. I understand yeah. what Pac-Man <laughs> is like, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way a lot of indie games are for me. Um, this game, I enjoyed it to the last minute. Um, and I think you know this mm-hmm. is a studio to keep an eye on here in the near future. I think a, a, oh, yeah. a, a smart platform holder would probably snatch them up. Um, did that happen I'm, actually? Did Sony buy uh, them? I don't think so, but they should. Somebody should. Um, look at what they did with their small team. It's yeah. pretty amazing. And again, also because like Sony doesn't really have anybody making like a Zelda style thing. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. They could. De- they definitely pulled that off. They here. used to have like a studio in Japan making like Dark Cloud and stuff like that. Yeah. But those games have gone. Oh, away. these guys could make a great Dark Cloud. They actually could. That would be really good. Yep. They actually could. Um, and look, I I will say I do feel like I'm cheating maybe a little bit. Like yeah, I don't think so. I, because there's just you know it's it's an indie award, and I do feel like I want to reward the studios that are taking risks and trying something new. I think making something of that fidelity is a risk. But at the heart of these awards for me, it's like what you said earlier. It's like, what did I enjoy? Mm -hmm. And this is the indie game I enjoyed the most. Kino was definitely like number two, number three for me. Yeah. No question. It's a great game. If you haven't played it yet, I highly recommend it. Um, I wonder if that'll be coming to other platforms too. I I doubt it, but who knows? Um, Okay. It's time to move on. Next up. Best action adventure. I say this every year at our Game of the Year Awards, but this used to be the biggest genre in the industry, mm-hmm. and now it's turned into something that we're lucky to be able to give awards to each year. Although this year, it was, like, overloaded. Um, we both picked the same game for this mm-hmm. one, and that game is Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Clank Rift Apart. Um, I know some people are going to sit there and say, wait, isn't Ratchet and Clank a platformer? An argument can definitely be made that, it, I'm one this, of them. that it's a platformer. Um but it's all over the place on the internet. Some sites call it action adventure. Some mm-hmm. call, some call it platformer. Um, because the the gunplay in this is so prevalent, that's why I've decided to slot it into action adventure this year. Um, most platformers, the general goal is just get from point A to point B, and most of them don't even have combat for the most part. This game is pretty combat driven and less jumpy driven. Um, there are sections, the like the literally on rail sections, where you where you surf on rails that get you from point A to point B a lot more than a Mario game where you're literally jumping the whole way from point A to point B. The most most of the time I spent playing this game, I was shooting. Was that the case for you too? Um, I would say it's about even. Like I definitely think of this as a platformer. Like it would never occur to me to not call it a platformer. Like traditionally, it's also, it's also a third person shooter a lot of the time. Right, Ratchet's. Ratchet, the Ratchet games are the least platformer of the three Sony platformers of, you know, of the time. You know, the yeah. PS2, pl- you know, Jack and this and um, Sly. 
Uh, but I still think of it as a platformer. So does Wikipedia, for that matter. So that was all I needed. <laughs> um, I mean, it, 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 platformer was actually a shockingly crowded genre this it year. Was. So like yeah. moving it out of platformer lets us let's just give some love to another game that also deserves it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did not think action adventure was particularly crowded. Uh, my pick, my pick, if this, cause originally my pick on this was guardians of the galaxy. Um, there's another one too. And, uh, there's resident evil village. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really in my running. I mean, that's definitely it was for there, me. But, <laughs> it uh, was a hard decision to make for me, man. Cause I love all three mm. of those games. I love this game. I love guardians of the galaxy and I love resident evil village. And it was, this was maybe the hardest award for me, other than maybe Game of the Year. This one actually was hard for me because I, because originally I was not counting Ratchet in it, and I had to find an action adventure right. I liked a lot, and I've settled on Guardians. But it was this was definitely the weakest uh, category for me of the major categories. Wow, completely opposite for me. Um, I thought it was a great year. I for mean, the obviously, action one, if you're going to count Ratchet in it, is one of the strongest categories because it had a great game in it. But yeah. Like, originally, I was like, ah, oh, this is Guardians, and that's about it, really. Did you play Village? Did you ever play it? Yeah, played oh, Village. you did play it. I I played enough to get past. I got past uh, Big Bad Vampire Mommy, and uh, I think the like whatever, the first chase sequence or whatever. No, I killed her. Oh, you killed her. Okay, and then the and then the I did the boss stuff. The, what are the werewolf guys? The, okay, the, the beast guys, and I just never quite went back to it. I didn't dislike it, but it just didn't. It was cool, but all in all, I'd rather just play Resident Evil Four again. Okay, but not in VR. I thought this category is really hard for me to decide on because I literally, I do love all three of those games. Um, and for me, playing Ratchet and Clank, literally, I think 70% of my time is shooting in this game. Like, I don't know where you're getting all the platforming from. Because I I'm looking for a lot like, more hidden shit. Oh, uh, maybe. I mean, I do understand the old Ratchet games, there was a better balance. There was, like, hardcore platforming sections in the old Ratchet mm -hmm. games, but I, there was really none of that in this. Like, there is if you're trying to get the bolts and all the, yeah, all the things. Like, I felt like the platforming was just a means to, the, to an end in this game and not the crux of the game. Like, I was just using the weapons and the gadgets constantly, and the jumping yeah, part of it was... I mean, it's still a platformer. Even, <laughs> but like I not. said, there's an argument that can be made for either one. Um, and it just, for this year, we ended up slotting it into action-adventure. Um, and we both agree that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is the best in that genre for 2021. Next up, the category that crossed over with Action Adventure mm -hmm. this year, Best Platformer. And again, we agree on the winner for this, and that is Psychonauts 2. Amazing game. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I mean, I realize we haven't got to a category yet, but it's almost a shame that we had, it took until now to bring this game up in our Game of the Year Award mm -hmm. discussion. Um I will say this, Matt. This is one of those games that as I started pondering things for Game of the Year, it kept rising to the top mm -hmm. in different categories. Like when I started thinking about all the games I had played for throughout the year, like as the awards kept coming and I kept having to make picks, I found myself considering this game in a lot of categories. I didn't think at first I might. Um, it's a great game. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I mean, I, it's even in the running for best graphics in the end. There's some stuff in yes, here that's it is. Like really, yes, it is. really shocking. Uh, I mean, and some of it's not necessarily pretty. Like It's not technically. Not technically, but also, but some, but also like, some of it's not pretty in the sense of the design. Like the, the first world where all the disgusting dental imagery oh, right. yeah. is like, <laughs> like, it's not pleasant, but yeah. it's extraordinarily well realized. Like yeah. you can smell the dried saliva on some of those teeth. Like it's... <laughs> really well done now this game is pla a platformer oh it yeah, is true, platforming true. like 80 85 percent of the time which is why i felt like 
I think this game as a juxtaposition to Ratchet and Clank, I was like, Psychonauts is the platformer. Ratchet and Clank is something else. They're not the same. Eh. They're, but they're they're in the same genre. They're just focusing on different things. And there is shooting in this. It's just not very good. It's not very good, and I don't hardly a, remember a, ever using it. It's not a focus on on it. Yeah, it really, you just it's just like a gate. It's a gating mechanism. Yeah, I mean, this is a get from point A to point B game while mm-hmm. jumping, pretty much. Um, it is a more a more true, I think, representation of the 3D platformer. Uh, the creativity, and we're going to end up having to talk about this game again, so I don't want to be beleaguer it here. The creativity in this game, again, I can I say this about Nintendo mm-hmm. games a lot of times. Like, one level of this has all the creativity of, like, entire other games. Yeah. Um, the people that worked on this are just different. Oh, like, yeah. They just it's, are. Uh, I mean, It Takes Two is a great platformer, but it ain't, it ain't doing this. Well, I will say this, Matt. It Takes Two, in its latter stages, starts mm-hmm. to butt up against this. But this one starts there. Like, that was like, my runner-up, It Takes Two, for yeah. this category. Psychonauts 2. Um, but... At the end, Psychonauts 2, I feel like this is a game that we're going to be talking about for a long time. Um, whether it did okay in sales, I really have no idea. Um, but I do think probably not everyone has played it, and everybody should play it. And again, mm. get it on Game Pass. <laughs> Just get Game Pass for this month. Seriously. Play Halo Infinite Campaign. Play a little bit of the multiplayer. Play Psychonauts 2. Play Age of Empires 4. Play Forza Horizon 5. That's the best $13 you ever spent in your life. Literally, like the best $13 you ever spent in your life. But anyway, unanimous, at least between Matt and I, Mm -hmm. best platformer 2021, Psychonauts 2. Next up, another category where Matt and I agree on the winner, and I think the whole world will agree on this winner. I don't know where else you are on this. (laughs) Best driving game of 2021 is... Forza Horizon, Horizon 5. 5. Just, what, There's... what else came out? <laughs> Actually, that's a good question. I didn't even need to look. No. Because I can't imagine any game being better than... Like, this is the, one of the best driving games I've ever played. So I struggled to even think, like, what other franchise could even really compete? Really just cheat Gran Turismo. Yeah, and it's not out till next year. Yeah. So um, There are need for speeds in the past yeah. that I would rank in the same echelon. Yeah. But, like, they haven't made one of those in a very long time. I mean, let's just be honest. This is probably the greatest arcade-style driving game of all time. Yeah. It is. Um, and they kind of do that every time they put one of these yeah. out. and Forza Horizon 4 had that title before this one. So um, they didn't yeah. sleep. They didn't slack. There's no way it would ever happen, but I would, I would uh, pay obscene prices and do obscene things to see this team make a Need for Speed Underground remake. That would be awesome. And it'll never happen. Nope. And it'll never, ever happen, unfortunately. It is really that good, people. I, I know we've been talking it up here for, you know, like a month and a half now, and we talked up Forza Horizon 4 mm-hmm. when it came out. And if you've never tried these things, like, we're not blowing smoke up your ass. No. Like, and they've, <laughs> they've done some new stuff for... Uh, 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 Kevin Ruffis is better than Burnout Paradise. I hate Burnout Paradise, so yes, it's much better than Burnout Paradise. Um, GS Gear says Hot Wheels robbed. Actually, Hot Wheels, yeah, <laughs> it was better than I thought. Like yeah. we talked about it here on the show, I was pleasantly surprised. It's not by even it. the best Hot Wheels, yeah, Forza related thing. Like, <laughs> Hot Wheels, Forza did Hot Wheels better than Hot Wheels. It did, yeah. Uh, Hot, With Wheels, their Hot Wheels, expansion. like I think it was IGN that reviewed it, gave it like a nine or point. Yeah, something. I saw that. It's okay. Like I didn't see that watching and hearing you I talk about Hot it. Wheels but okay. growing up, 
and all that, but I didn't love them that much. Yeah, that was a little generous, but um, it is a decent game. I will, I will give you that. What I do love is this. He's, he's he's responding to us saying like, is there anything else really worth even considering? He's right. Like Hot Wheels was worth at least considering, but ultimately, it I mean, doesn't Hot do Wheels it. was a driving game released in 2021. Yes, in that way, in it was that worth sense, it is <laughs> considered. We, we could be dick sometimes, but we love you guys, and you know that. Uh, so anyway, best driving game, Runaway winner, Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. Next, next up, Driveaway winner. Yep, a category that Matt decided that he was going to abstain from because I haven't played anything. Hadn't played it. anything. Somehow this year ended up being like a pretty good strategy year for me. Yeah, I ended up playing um, a few of them. All the all the strategy stuff I played this year was old. Like the the main strategy game I played this year was Stellaris. Okay, which still has expansions coming out, but <laughs> it came out like three years ago yeah. or something. I think it's older than that. Stellaris? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it got revamped somewhere. Uh, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, they did kind of like reset yeah. it a little bit. Yep. Yeah. But that game is really good, but it doesn't qualify for a 2021 game. Yep. Um, also, uh, that's a 4X game. You actually need to watch video tutorials to understand how to do anything in at first. It so is a space sim it a is 4X a, game. I just stay away. Like you almost have much. to, you pretty much had to, I pretty much had to take an online class <laughs> to learn how to play Stellaris <laughs> properly. It is, but once that's you're funny. there, like it's one of the best story generators, you know. It's sort of like chivalry, or not, yeah. not chivalry. Um, uh, the 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 you know the strategy medieval thing that takes you through. I can't remember the name. That has the civilization. Good, uh, no, Crusader Kings. Oh, Crusader Kings. Crusader Kings. That was uh, my pick for last year. Yeah, Crusader Kings three and yeah. two, like the where they kind of, you know where they kind of create the stories as yeah. you go. It's like almost a narrative driven game, but it's all generated. Mm-hmm. Um, Stellaris has that quality to it once you know what you're doing. So. But not your winner. Not my winner. Be- well, it would be if it came out this year, <laughs> right, but it didn't. Right. Um, I actually struggled to pick a winner for this. It came down to two games for me. It came down to Age of Empires 4 and Humankind. They're two very similar games, but they both approach things from completely different directions. So to me, Age of Empires 4 is, okay, we have this thing that people really like. Let's make this thing that people really like as good as humanly possible. And even in some ways, it, some people might consider it a step back because Age of Empires 3 actually did try to stretch the boundaries a little bit and people mm-hmm. rebelled. Yeah, the home city thing didn't go over People well didn't like that. it. And so they kind of dot it back a little bit for Age of Empires 4. But what you're left with is the, but probably, well, I don't know, Age of Empires 2 is pretty damn good. But maybe the best Age of Empires ever. But nothing that breaks ground. Humankind, on the other hand, did all kinds of new stuff. And the problem is, is that not all of it worked. And I have not gone back recently to see what they've patched and fixed, and maybe I should have. Uh, because the core concepts of the game, I would have given the award to Humankind if it had actually pulled off mm. a lot of the stuff that it tried to do. It didn't, though. Um, but, like, the win conditions and the fact that you can jump eras, like, at will, so you're not locked into, like, this one sieve. And it does make for some weird settlements because it, they can kind of run the gamut of all these different eras and societies. But it just it opened up Pandora's box a little bit for this genre. And so I hope one, that they'll keep working on Humankind and making it better and better. But I also hope that some other developers will take some inspiration from that game um, and try to create their own spin on it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the game I did have the most fun with was Age of Empires 4. And so it does get my strategy game of the year award. I could understand people going in either direction. I could totally get why somebody would have chosen Humankind because it is far more innovative and it is trying stuff new. Age of Empires almost intentionally 
goes backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fans are happy about that. So um, ultimately, Humankind was also a little broken. I came across a lot of bugs, and there's nothing more frustrating than playing a strategy game and like having the game crash or having a feature not work or break. Um, Age of Empires 4 just worked. Um, everything it said it was going to do, it did, and then some. It was very streamlined as far as like learning how to play the game. Um, very intuitive in that way. Humankind, I fumbled around in the menus a little bit here and there. Um, it, they're both great games, but Age of Empires 4 is probably the ultimate Age of Empires with a nod to Age of Empires 2. Um, I'm surprised you didn't play either one of those this year, Matt. Yeah, I just didn't. Usually get, you're on that stuff more than I, I am. I just didn't get around to them. Yeah. Um, Timing, just. Yeah, there were other things happening those weeks. And then yep. once, once we talk about them, it's kind of like. Mm, yeah, then what? Yeah. You have to really to want to play it then after we talk about it. Again, yeah. it's this weird mental thing that Matt and I go through doing a three-hour podcast every week. Uh, so there you go. Best strategy game of 2021, Age of Empires 4. Next up, best guess. <laughs> best game as a service. Live service. <laughs> this, this will be, and I'm just going to hint at it. You won't be able to remember last year. Or maybe some of you will if you have a photographic memory. This will be the first time I've ever given a Game of the Year award to the same game two mm. years in a row in my entire career. First time it's ever happened. Right here, right right now. Um, Matt, what's your pick, however, for the um, best game as a service? Uh, this is a little disingenuous, but Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay. Because I haven't played a ton of it this year, and I have not played the expansion content everyone raves about because I haven't gotten there and yet. Walker. Uh, and Walker or Shadowbringers or any. Yeah, I've I'm, I'm, just been kind of chipping away at it periodically over the course of the year. But I will. I just. I pick it for this because. I mean, you're a, still I, playing. I do enjoy it. But the main thing is, like. I'd say half the people I know online and I've known for years online as gaming friends, they're all playing this game now. And these are people that don't even like MMOs. Like, mm-hmm. like the number of people I know who have picked this game up in the last year and have just gotten sucked into it and still play it. Like, we had to create a, a separate channel for it in our in one of our Discord things because people were like clogging up the main channel with Final Fantasy XIV. I've never seen like a game come from behind, reinvent itself, and just like thrive like this one. Like, it's just incredible. Like, it's an incredible like story that that this game has kind of turned itself into what it's become. Um, so I, I give it that because uh, I think as these live service things go, um, it seems to be delivering uh, better than almost any other one, especially when it comes to the MMO space, like which is such a such a smaller thing than it used to be. Matt, I haven't heard this much buzz about an MMORPG in I don't know how long. Yeah. I mean, you have Amazon's game, New World, which... <laughs> blasted off into the stratosphere and came back down to earth like two days later. Mm-hmm. But that was just a flash in the pan. This is Final Fantasy 14 has been consistent yep. for like two years. Like it's the only MMORPG I hear people talk. I can't tell you the last time I heard someone talk about World of Warcraft. Yeah. And it's like a, like you have to play this yeah. thing. Like it's yep. the, and I still the, won't. The, but. The, yeah, I won't. <laughs> Um, I just hate MMORPGs until somebody can direct me to one where the combat feels good, and I've heard that a million times, and it always ends up being a lie. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel bad, but it's not gonna like. It's, it's not still the reason. Probably to play clunky. It. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's that turn-based sort of. It, I mean, I guess the closest thing is sort of uh, it's a little Fantasy Star Online ish. 
It's not as action. That's okay. I can kind of deal with that. But like you're you're hitting the button, and the what you've done doesn't quite translate into the action you take. But it <laughs> feels like your every button press does a thing uh-huh. rather than hit thing and auto move. Right. It's yeah. not like that. It is it is press button get one action, and then you gotta gotta find a rotation that you run through, and then use the right thing to boost your stuff back in. Like a lot of MMOs in the combat, I don't even look at what's happening in the combat. I just look mm-hmm. at the interface, and you I'm just, like, ne- timing, like, You the do need downs. to see, like, range on things and yeah. kind of where the, where the attacks are coming from. You know, it, it's not unlike maybe Tales of Arise yeah. in, in that regard. Um, so positioning matters. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say if you can get through Final, Final, uh, Fantasy Star Online, you could play Final Fantasy XIV well enough. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel as clunky. It still does feel clunky, but not in the way that, like, say, a Warcraft or a secret world does. Yeah. Or Swotor, which I still play. Yeah. Um, which is still getting another expansion. Secret World, wow, that's a blast from the past. I like Secret World. It's a it's a bad game. But it's <laughs> but it I, I just love what they're after. Like that weird, like everything all it's that X Files y sort of every yeah. every weird like supernatural conspiracy <laughs> is true and right. that can you know Lovecraft stuff's over here, and rising mummies are over here, and I, it's it's fun. It's and I constantly worry that it's going to shut down any day because it just feels <laughs> it just feels like that game shouldn't still exist. Smoke them if you got them, as they say. Yeah, I hear you. Um, okay, my pick, and I hinted at it already, and actually I did see somebody in chat; they did guess it. Uh, my pick for best game as a service for 2021 is Apex Legends, and I just want to show you something here on Sifted, actually that I was kind of waffling between this and a couple other games, and then I went to Apex Legends game page on Sifted. And I'm just going to bring it up so you guys can see it here. And this game has been out since 2019. It's obviously 2021. It's actually been out now for like two and a half years, almost three years. And I just want to show you how much content for this old-ass game we have curated in the last year to just show you. This is game as a service, ongoing game, Game that continues. And let me just show you. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. You remember when they didn't going, do anything for like months? And in going the and going and going. This is all this year still, people. This is all this year. We're only at February 2021 right now. Look at this. Okay, now we're in January. There we are, January 4th. Mm, like all early. that content is from this year for Apex Legends. Like, early on, there was a period where, like, four months would go by with no updates for that game. This Like, they, they turned it around. Dude, Respawn is killing it, man. They are killing it with this game, and I love it. It's my favorite of all the Battle Royale games to play. The content keeps coming steady. As Matt said, they had a rough patch kind of at first mm-hmm. there. They figured it out. But since then, yes, it's incredible what they've done with this game. It's the best game as a service. I just think it is. Like, I can understand where someone who doesn't like shooters would be like, well, I want to pick something else. I totally get Matt. You would rather play Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. But if you're into these type of games and you don't hate first-person shooters, Apex Legends is the best game as a service until someone someone, knocks it off. I mean, as someone who doesn't care about that in the sense that, like, I just don't want to do the same. I want to play matches over and over again. Right. Because it just feels like repeating the same thing over and over again. I want to be told a story, basically, Mm -hmm. which is why Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, I totally understand your perspective. I can't think of an online shooter that feels better than Apex Legends. It does feel great. But that doesn't surprise me either. No, that's respawn. Because it's from the guys who created Call of Duty, basically. Right. And guys love it or hate Titanfall. it, love it or hate it, the combat in Call of Duty feels good. Yeah. The guns the old feel ones, great. The old Infinity Wards. Even the There's new ones. Else. The guns still oh, usually feel pretty good. But they're not on par with Titanfall 2. 
No, I'd agree with that. Respawn is respawn is some dark magic over there. Well, I mean, they have their code, so oh, yeah. they had to leave that code behind. So they know how to program like guns to make them feel the way yeah. that. But the fact Respawn that they does. pulled that, they pulled Titanfall out of the Source engine, yeah, I know. is just it's ridiculous. Insane. It really is. It really is. Um, so anyway, to me, Apex Legends, it's the reigning champ of the game mm-hmm. as a service. It's the reigning champ of the Battle Royale. I mean, I think between our two picks, you have certainly the cream of both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I think we've hit everybody with these two picks as well. Um, I hope you guys enjoy Apex Legends as much as I do. I wish I had more time to play it, honestly. Uh, but we always got to keep moving on to the next. Um, yeah. And Kevin Roth says, how is it better than Fortnite? The gunplay feels way freaking better. And that's what you do. It's like, yeah, that's it's what you different. do. That when you play these games, it's all about the gunplay. I feel, I feel like Fortnite feels, it never, it's never felt good to me. No, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. But it's like Fortnite's more of the experience than the gameplay. Yeah. Fortnite's goofy in an, like an entertainment kind of way. Goofy and accessible and like you feel like you can have fun whether you no matter how good or bad you do. Yeah. Uh, Apex Legends is a much more competitive like It's more serious. It's yeah. more it's more esportsy, I guess in a sense, except yeah. fi- Fortnite also kind of runs Kills it that, runs yeah. that barter town too. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I just enjoy playing Apex Legends way more. I feel like Fortnite there's it's like kind of a little loosey goosey to me, a little too cartoony, but I don't disrespect anyone who plays Fortnite. If you like it, that's awesome. But for me, my uh, ongoing game of the year for 2021, Apex Legends. All right, let's move on. Next up, best story in a game. And once again, Matt, you and I chose the same winner. Mm -hmm. And this is what I was talking about earlier. And that winner is Psychonauts 2. Yep. Yep. I mean, no, hard to believe that a 3D platformer has the best story of 2021, yeah, but, but no, it does. But then when you know it's double fine, yeah, it's not that hard. It makes to more sense because they've made great adventure games in the past, and yeah, they're very well versed in creating great yeah, stories. The pedigree is is unmatched yeah. with these guys, and it's a great freaking story. And yeah. like you don't even you don't even have to remember hardly anything from the no. first game. But if you do, it will help it's even better. And like, yeah. also the fact that they were able to follow that game up and do it justice all these years later is ridiculous. Yeah, like the I, you know, being able. Yeah, and I said that back when they when I saw the the demo they did at E three twenty nineteen was like I don't have any doubts about this game anymore because that first you know that first teeth thing that first teeth world like intro. That they, would, they basically played the whole thing with like thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is the tone is right, the humor is right, the characters are right. They they did it. They just like, it's like they, somebody sw- flipped a switch in the Double Fine office that just said Psychonauts mode to go, and they just nailed it again. Or it's just also, and that awful. doesn't happen every time, <laughs> just, especially with something that has the verve and the personality of Psychonauts. Like, it is real easy to blow a second yeah, installment yeah. on that. In fact, that's kind of what I'm sitting here like. I'm sitting here, you know nervously holding on for that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel next year. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, it looks like they get, it looks like they nailed it. That like, like teaser yeah. they put out looked really good. Yeah. But like, it's just like that thing where it's like, once you love this thing that, that has this unique energy to it, you're like, can they do it again? You also and, they, and Double Fine did it again. Yeah. They just, they, they made it look easy. Uh, there's so many crazy scenarios in this game that, that are well, um, maintained narratively. Mm-hmm. Like there's the whole rock show. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, like where, this, I, well, this is like if I was going to like teach like some kind of like media literacy or like literature in in games thing in like a college course, I would want to use this game as like analyze how this game 
gets you to just instantly and instinctually accept completely absurd things <laughs> like things happen in this game it. that are that are part of the not even like events that like are un- unique to what's happening in the story there are elements of the world that are just bonkers yeah. and you just go with it and yeah. like everyone just goes it's like yeah. it's like you just and i, I there's and i because i don't know the answer to that i really want to know like someone to analyze like what is it about this game that makes it so easy to just take this world in and say like, yep sure that I, makes I'll, total I'll, sense i'm in with that i'm down <laughs> yep like it just it's does easy. it just works yeah it's, it like the, the there's uh you know that is a rare rare talent in any medium let alone games and double fine has it in almost everything they make yep i mean they made a whole game about you know escaping a train station as a stack doll i mean like <laughs> You want to talk about ideas that shouldn't work, but then they make them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Although I guess stacking didn't get, wasn't received quite as well. As, yeah, so. I would also argue that this was not a great year for stories in video games. No, I don't think it was. It was basically this and Guardians were the Guardians, two really well written. Guardians, um, Life is Strange, True Colors was another one for yeah. me. Um, the the story in that's really good, and there's a couple twists in there that. Most people won't won't see coming. Yeah. The writing was good. I I have my issues with some of the perform, not even the performances in True Colors. The casting. The casting's okay. The casting's okay. I don't like the dialogue editing in that game. I think everyone talks too slow, and I don't mean the delivery of the lines too slow. I don't think the dialogue is edited on top of each other. Uh, the lines are edited. I think everyone waits too long between lines to speak, and that's not a performance thing. That's a dialogue. Oh editing yeah, thing. that's a decision made by the developers. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that was my issue with that game. I was like, no one talks like that. <laughs> like, just go, like, have yeah. a conversation already. Well, it's just like um, if you're a video editor and someone hands you a bunch of voiceover. Mm-hmm. If you're inexperienced, you don't really understand how to chop that up to make it sound conversational and to keep yeah, it moving. you put it all on top of itself. So right. it's like the opposite problem here where they spread right. it out too much. And I don't know if that's a tech problem. Like you can't that, make the character models interact that it's, fast. I think or, it's an, an ability. It's a skill yeah. to be able to do I would, it. I would call it a skill. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know that it's something that you can really learn. You can get better at it for sure. Get better at it. But like, there's but like junior editors, it, junior don't. video editors, that is one of the things that takes the longest time for them to yeah. get good at and it's one of the things that like I, rem- I certainly remember like the editors that became our preferred editors that we wanted to take with us to everything and you know keep with us at all costs on on the old show was like they were the ones that instinctively knew they knew how to do it they just yep. knew they're, because yeah, the, the other part it. of it too is if an editor can't do it it's so yeah. tedious trying to fix it mm. and so you're like looking i think for you that. and i are thinking of some of the same people <laughs> i think we definitely in the old tech are. tv days yep no names though um so anyway uh, yeah, Psychonauts two best story in a year of not really strong stories. I would fully agree or fully admit to, but the story in Psychonauts two is still great, yeah. regardless of whether you played the first one or not. It's deserving of the award. So congratulations to Double Fine mm-hmm. again. But you should play the first one. You should. Yeah, absolutely. You both, can get it for like a excellent. dollar at this. I point, think they're probably. both on Game Pass. Oh yeah, they are. Yep, that's true. Okay, up next, this is a fun category. This is Future Legend. This is a game that came out this year that we think will still have a huge impact and people will be talking about it years and years from now. People will look back and be like, hey, remember that blah, 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 blah. And generally the game has to do something that makes an impact that will reverberate out for many years or it has a concept maybe that we feel is going to be copied for years to come. That's what we're going for with this category. So Matt, what is your future legend for 2021? Uh, That would be the Matrix Awakens demo. 
uh, because I think people are going to point to that as like the moment. It's going to be the next gen moment. It's going to be the moment that, like you said, the page was turned and that people are going to remember the first time they saw that thing because in five years, everything's going to look like that. And they're going to be like, wow, that was that was the start. Yeah, that was the Unreal Engine 5 debut. I mean, we already saw that one demo, but this is the first time that everybody could just get their hands on this. Because like, if you showed someone this show, you know, when this thing ran, you're like, what? Like, what is it? And like, go download it now. Just go play it now. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, you can just. And there it is. Well, like, I can show this to my mom and she would just think it's a movie trailer. Yeah. She Absolutely. wouldn't think it's a video game. At I all. showed this to video editors who thought this, not this, but like shots from the, the people taking them, and they thought it was drone footage. Yeah, I could see that. Totally. Even with pedestrians walking around, like it looks, it looks like kind of HDR. It, you know, it looks like it's been post-produced. Yeah, but like, yeah, like it's we, pretty amazing. You take the close-ups of the actors' faces out, and it's, it's very hard to tell. Yep. The only way to tell is really that it looks too good. The, the, again, it's what no you said earlier. It's the human faces. Their yeah. faces are too smooth and clean. There's no blemishes on them. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, there's stubble and stuff. It's just there's something off. Yeah, and they're moving. It's a little uncanny too stiff. valley. That's what it they're is. They're moving a little too stiff. They're moving a little too. Yeah, it's it's. But like the rest of it, it's just amazing. It's really good. It really is amazing. Yep. So that's a good pick. And then Matt, my I actually made my pick for pretty much the same reason you did. I just chose a different product, mm-hmm. and my pick for future legend is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And the reason I picked it is because for me, and I think for a lot of people who have played it or will eventually play it, this for me is when Next Gen started. Yeah, I mean this is this is the same thing except for like Pixar playable. movie, like right. CG playable CG yeah. film. Right. So, you know, it's uh this is like for cartoon and and Matrix Awakens is for live action basically. This was the moment I realized, okay, $550 for this console yeah. was worth it. Because I was seriously mad. I really thought at a certain point there, like, the law of diminishing returns was going to keep me from getting my mind blown. No, I, I, really... I knew that was coming. It's just, like I, I've said since the beginning, uh, the systems shouldn't have come out till this fall. Yeah. They should have. I mean, maybe not business-wise, I don't know, but in terms of, like, what games were ready to show this thing off as the day it came out, you know, imagine if it had launched with Spider-Man and Miles Morales and this and Demon Souls Jeez. and and, and Returnal yeah. and right. like, yeah. you know, if all that stuff had just been piled up in a launch window of like a month, like that, that would have been, been a very different experience. Time. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the reason why they don't do it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, no, this is very. T- I mean, look, like even all these months later, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard not to try to reach out and pet him. I mean, it's like, insane. Touch the grass dude. there. Like, just the stuff that's going the on. Texture, in this. The, the texture of the world is incredible. <laughs> I don't mean the textures in terms of no, the, I get the, it. Diddle texture. I mean like the way everything looks like it would feel a certain way. Yeah. It's a. It's it's ridiculous. I just think a lot of developers are going to be playing catch up to this game for like the next. Couple I mean, years. that's insomniac in a nutshell, isn't it? But I will say this. You're right. But I will say this. Like to me, Suicide Squad. Kills the Justice League is very close. Yeah, I mean it's got that same quality. And that's to why it. I was I was surprised you weren't but at least a little bit excited for it. I don't care close. about graphics. But I will and say if this: you, if you don't support it with something I want to play, I don't care. Yeah. I think if, like, if this was like Crash, this, so. if this was a Crash Bandicoot, it could go fuck itself. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. play it just because Crash's fur looks good. Yeah. I will say this though: this still looks better. Than, oh, than than uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah, so far. I mean, yeah. we'll see what Suicide Squad ended up looking It could up. round into form later on. Yeah. But as of right now, this game still looks better than that. But so. in general, again, this is, this does have the advantage of using cartoon, you know, more like, right. you know, 
anthropomorphic animals versus yep. like it's an advantage you know, for sure. Ratchet is a lot easier for my eyes to believe as a living creature than Captain Boomerang because Captain yep. Boomerang looks like a person. It's true. Yep, no doubt about it. So there is a degree of difficulty there, but yes, Ratchet still looks better, I think. Yep. So there you go, Future Legends. For Matt, it's the Matrix Awakens demo. For Unreal Engine 5, and for me, it's Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. We're starting to get into some of the fun categories now. Um, Next one is Most Pleasant Surprise. This actually was also another really hard one Mm -hmm. for me. This this category, usually I'm like scraping. I'm like, because this isn't something that like you can search for or whatever. Right. You just got to dig and figure it out. You have to remember your, your yeah. reactions. To yeah, things. and what you played. Um, and so Most Pleasant Surprise is a game that we didn't expect to have the impact that it did. And Matt, what is your pick? Uh, my, my pick is a pretty recent one, Chorus. Yeah. Um, this game was obviously already always on my radar because I like space stuff, but I was not expecting it to be as good as it is. Yep. Um, and... Uh, it was just a, it was just that nice feeling of like loading it up and starting to play it, and uh, the dialogue is pretty clunky and the story the world is interesting but the story runs out of steam pretty fast. You're just playing to play it and see the graphics and see the you know blow stuff new up and upgrade things, and blah, see blah, the blah. new areas and kind of see where the world goes because the world is very interesting. Uh, the characters are not so much yeah uh, most of the time, but um, it was just nice to play something where like. At no point did it disappoint me. Like, I was just like, well, it would be nice if you could do that. Oh, you can do that. Okay, like, well, I wish there was another area. Oh, there are other areas. Like, mm-hmm. like it just never, it, it, every time I was, like, hoping, like, oh, well, I hope it, there's some kind of thing like this, there was. And uh, and it plays real well. It, it It's, it's. Uh, I told you this before we went right. on, we went live, but somebody replied to the, the show on YouTube and said that they bought Chorus because of you, mm-hmm. because of what you said about it in last week's show. So good. I mean, I'm, I'm, more people should know about it. Yep. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of great. You know, it takes two would have been a, a valid choice here. Um, if if chorus hadn't come out, that probably would have been my choice. Yeah. Um, because I was not expecting that game to be that good either. Well, this game's right in your wheelhouse too. But this is yeah, one of your favorite is, genres. And uh, yeah, it takes two doesn't let me fly through an asteroid field, so there's <laughs> it's, it's inherently at a disadvantage. Fair enough. Um, so as I said, this was a really hard category for me because. So as Matt just said, it takes two. Pleasant surprise. Guardians of the Galaxy. Very pleasant surprise. And that's my winner. But then there's also Riders Republic, which mm-hmm. was a gigantic surprise to me. One of the best extreme sports games I've ever played. I didn't expect that. But ultimately, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy was the winner for me. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised you didn't pick it, Matt. I mean, I know Chorus is like one of your favorite genres and everything, but... Like, I don't feel like anyone saw this coming from Guardians of the Game, mm. especially after Marvel's Avengers. Like, I, everyone was just like, oh, God. Like, I was almost afraid of this game after what Square Enix did with Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought it was going to – it didn't shock me quite as much because oh, yeah. when seeing the E3 demo, I kind of got my head – okay, so they're making an actual game. Yeah. They're not making some weird live service thing. Uh, they're uh, you know, they were building on some of what Avengers did in terms of, I think, some of the combat, I think. But, like, they were doing a very different thing with it. Um and they, you know, I think the most surprising thing to me was how well they nailed all the characters. They made new versions of everybody, but they felt like themselves still. If the game, the game feels like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's like, really one of the hardest things about taking an IP and bringing it into video games is getting the tone right, and they nail it. Mm-hmm. Like especially with something as quirky and unique as Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's just. It, I was shocked. Like, it, I mean, also, I'm very glad that there were so many pleasant surprises this year because this year needed it, Matt. Because mm-hmm. 
all the not so surprising awesome games ended up getting delayed out of the year. Yeah. And if you just had a bunch of bleh. Right. It would have been basic. It would have. It would have been, been a rough year. It would have been a parade of like really high quality indie stuff. Yeah. But all the 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 AAA stuff would have just been like. Bleh. Yeah. And it's, it almost was. Yeah. At, time. at times this year it was that it was like thank God for this game I never heard of before because otherwise I'd have nothing to play for this month. But yeah. Like, and the reason I chose this game over Riders Republic and over It Takes Two is because of the IP because it's got. Like, the films have some kind of a special sauce to them. Like, that's why it went from an IP that nobody knew or heard mm-hmm. or heard of into, like, a phenomenon yeah. with the first film. Like because I said, when they announced that movie, I, you know, been reading Marvel comics since 1979, I had to look up what the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. was. And so people haven't worked with this IP a long time, and somehow, in this game, mm-hmm. they just nail it. So And they nailed it better than the Telltale game did. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. The Telltale game came off as, like, dry almost to me. Yeah, it was weird. It, yeah. And again, Telltale game started strong and then just petered out. Yeah. You know, the, the I mean, there's not there's nowhere else to go but down really once you, if you kill Thanos in the first episode. But, yeah. like, um, <laughs> it just didn't quite, it kind of devolved into a standard action adventure. And this never forgets who they are. Yep. Which it's is great. great. It's really good. Like, again, if you can find that on a discount... Over the and holidays, sounds like you will. Probably, like, yeah. The, you know, over over Thanksgiving, it dropped like a rock. Yep. It was like twenty five bucks someplace. Worth so. every freaking for penny. sure. Yep. Lots of pleasant surprises this year. It's good to see, and hopefully, we get more in twenty twenty two. Next up, another fun category: mm. most disappointing game. Now, let's just. This is one of the easiest picks on the is. entire <laughs> list for me. <laughs> now let's. Rewind here a second before we give you our picks. We want to explain how this category works. This isn't worst game. We're getting to that. (laughs) This isn't like the worst game of the year. This is a game that we were really excited for and had a lot of hype for. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately when we played it, it fell way short. That's what most disappointing game is. It's not just the worst game that we played this year. But again, we'll get to that one. Uh, Matt, what is your pick? For most disappointing game. I have a feeling everyone's going to guess this one, but uh, go El, ahead. El Guapo already guessed it. It is Metroid <laughs> Dread. <laughs> yep. Um, if you had gone back and t- if you'd gone back to the beginning of the year and told me that I was going to like not actually really like the Metroid sequel I'd been waiting for for however long. Was, uh, well, well, almost Fusion. Like 16 years, 17 years ago? Yeah. Something like that. right. Yeah. Maybe 16. It was, yeah. Uh, like... Well, you know, if you told me that, I'd probably be like, well, that sounds about on par for the last couple of years. <laughs> but like, um, but in reality, yeah, it's, uh, I don't agree with a lot of the things they did in this game. It didn't, and it's not like it's bad. Like, it's good. No, it's not bad. It's a good yeah. game. Yeah. But like, a Metroid game not being great is a tragedy to me. Especially when they finally make a, t- uh, you know, a console, play on my TV, 2D, honest to God, Metroid 5. And I don't. Didn't like it very much. Yeah, and it's just uh, Matt. My big issue with the game is it just doesn't feel like a Metroid game to me. Parts mm-hmm. of it do, but parts of it isn't good enough. Yeah, uh, uh, the tone of a Metroid game needs to stay consistent, and I feel like it jumps all over the place because of the things that they added. That, in all honesty, I feel like made it worse. Yeah, so but a lot of it just doesn't. There are some up. times where I'm okay with them not messing with stuff. Yeah. When you don't get a like, new game in like 16 years, time. like you every time, if it takes 16 years to get yeah. a new game, you don't have to reinvent it ever. Like yeah, an Emmy, like the Emmy stuff is bad. I don't, I don't like any of that. It's mostly because it doesn't evolve. Yeah. And like one shot kill, one shot kill stealth sequences. Nothing needs that. Least of all Metroid. <laughs> um, and beyond yeah. that, like just, just little things, like quality of life things, where it's like. 
One of the things I love about Metroid games and just Metroidvanias in general is once you get upgraded enough, you can sort of fly through the map. You yeah. sort of like run through stuff and like just yeah. sort of, you know, you've dealt with stuff. You can, you can handle like enemies. You clean be a problem it out. Real easy. Yeah. And this doesn't let you do that because you still have to, even when you open doors, you have to reopen those doors with these, you got to stop and you got to do the stealth thing and walk mm -hmm. through the, like there's no flow. Like there's the, the flow never happens. It in doesn't this game. feel like it's a Metroid just, game to me. It's, it's, parts of it do. Yeah. It's, and it's funny because like people, you know, people like blame that on Mercury Steam to some degree, but Mercury Steam nailed it in in the the Metroid Two remake. You yep. can do that in the Metroid Two remake. It, this is clearly more influenced by Metroid Two in terms of design. Where oh, it, yeah. uh, Metroid Two does have more of that. Well, it has the counter move and well counter move, but I also mean just in going back to the original Game Boy one, where like. Metroid 2 feels a little different. It was not, uh, you know, you had to do, cram it on the Game Boy, so you had to. So it was more of an exploration thing in terms of like find these different these 30 Metroids and like kind of. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was not like a sprawling thing as much. And like, um, and they kind of have that here where it's like you know, you, there's the centerpiece of each area is the Emmy as opposed to sort of the exploration itself. And the, you know, the they're gonna slow you down here and 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 make you go through that. And the and the bosses are gonna be hard as nails. And like they, you know, they should be. But like then we're gonna repeat them four to five times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the end of the game, I was just like, just don't make me fight another one of those damn Robo Chozos because yeah. like I've done that twelve times or something by now. And I and they're all the same guy. Like, like I don't. They've got two different weapons, sure. But it's just like I'm. I've done that boss fight too many times already, and that's not a thing. You know, bad enough that Metroid Prime makes it backtrack all the time. But yep. like backtracking used to be fun in Metroid games because you could just fly through stuff, and this yeah. one doesn't let you do that. So it gives you a it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, You're like I clear all this out now, I can just yeah. Like I had, to, I had to fight my way room to room yeah. through this, and now I can just burn. I earned it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you, man. It just it yeah. lost the tone. So so not bad, not a bad game, but definitely. Believe me, my... that was my second pick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my pick for most disappointing game of 2021 is Battlefield. 2042. I don't understand, Matt, how you go from making battlefields for like 15 or 20 years and you get to this one and you deliver what they delivered. Mm -hmm. It's how do you deliver a broken after it was delayed twice at least? How do you deliver a broken game after making shooters exactly like this for almost two decades? Like, I don't get it. Battle. I mean, like I said, I think when we talked about it when it originally came out, like it feels to me like Battlefield has spent all these years trying to catch up to itself. Like every time you play Battlefield, you're hoping that it's going to recapture what you felt playing the Wake Island demo or Battlefield 2 or Bad Company 2, and it just never does. I feel like it has an identity crisis. It does. Like it doesn't know whether it wants to follow Call of Duty to try to make more money mm -hmm. or whether it wants to stay true to the heart of its franchise, which has made it also very lucrative. Not as lucrative as Call, as yeah. Call of Duty. It seems to me like it would be smarter to try to do your own thing really right. well than to try to outdo Call of Duty. It's EA getting greedy. And I think that's been part of the problem. Maybe the developers are caught in between. They're like, we're trying to do stuff that mm -hmm. this franchise is about. Also, like, like, I, I feel like you know, over the over the last few years, certainly, like it's there's been a, kind of a brain drain at Dice. Like people have moved yeah, on a lot to of do people other have things. Left. There's a lot of yeah. uh, just a, just you can count on you know more than one hand at this point the number of new game studios that are ex Dice people. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. It's so, like the exodus yeah. of that. You know, they, a lot of other people gone over. You know, uh, the woman who directed uh, Battlefront uh, and that which was a huge success for them went over to uh, Mo Media Molecule. Yeah. We've talked in this. And good. That's a better place for her, I'm yeah, sure. We talked about it in this. We talked about it in our uh, the Game Awards wrap-up about these studios that have ex-Battlefield guys. Mm -hmm. And now it's like I'm wondering if that's even like something you want to advertise. <laughs> 
guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you're hitting a point where it's like, well, wait, which battlefield? Yeah, was yeah. that 2042 or was that like one of the two that were actually really good? Um, yeah. It's just disappointing. But I think you're also right that like it's probably just a bunch of people that are entirely talented and skilled enough to to make a great battlefield game, but they are hamstrung by the horrible decision making of the upper echelons of EA. I just expect more from this franchise yeah. at this point. It's a veteran team that's been developing the same franchise for two decades. Like, well, or on the flip side, I don't think I do expect anything of, the, of this series anymore. And I think that's increasingly their problem is people just expect Battlefield to be sort of a mildly unsatisfying but like ambitious but not quite finished thing that comes yeah. out once a year or every other year. Well, they used to have a campaign, and I always expected yeah. that to be terrible. <laughs> Because they were terrible. It was. You remember that one where they first started it, and like the, one of the missions was like a flying an F eighteen, but there was like an unskippable like twelve minute like takeoff yeah. sequence. Yeah. I think they added a way to skip it eventually. Yeah. But like when it why when it is launched, this in Battlefield? And if you died, you'd watch it again. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So look, the series hasn't been perfect all along, but when you get to the point you've been working on that same thing for twenty years, like it should never release broken. And part of that may be EA just cracking the whip and being like, you know what, we yeah. got to get it just, out. They, I mean, just and constant the constant reinventing of the wheel. It's yeah. like yeah, just you know, go just back, good, yeah. make bad company again, just and make me call a, it a day. Make me a kick-ass 4K Battlefield yeah. game. Make it a platform and keep building on it. Actually, you know what would do real well? Remaster Bad Company too. That would do it too in 4K with modern tech. And then give me a good multiplayer mode, I'm good. But mm-hmm. this franchise has lost its way. There's no reason it should be as broken as it is. It's still broken. Yeah, give me Bad Company Gold. Just put remaster yeah. one and two's campaigns <laughs> and put Bad Company Two's multiplayer in there, and, yep. and let me let me go. And the shame of it all is that it's one of the prettiest games of 2021. Oh, yeah. it looks great. It's a it's gobsmacking in that. The weather way. effects are as long incredible. as the skybox doesn't disappear. Right, it's on a, <laughs> if it's not flickering at the you. Problem the problem is, time, yeah. it does. Yeah, like that's the problem. That is that is really amazing. It is. You can't get your skybox to stay up there. Hmm. Anyway, that's why it's my most disappointing game of 2020. Also, Guapo uh, brought up Biomutant, which is another good. My expectations for that, again, going back to what we said at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's all about where your expectations were versus where the game ended up. Yeah. So I mean, if I you had know. high expectations for that game, I could see where it might be. Yeah. I don't know if I have high expectations for it, but I had a lot of hope for it. Yeah. And like, I, well, I was rooting for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was it wasn't hoping a, it was going to be really good. It was disappointing in a different way. I, I still say. played it all the way through and finished it. I so. did not finish it, but I did play it a fair amount. I just kept waiting. I was. Tr- I really tried. I it really never wanted to like turned it. over. I did go back to that after we talked about it on the show. I kept trying, and it just yeah. never. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It never turned over. It was a constant. It was like trying to start an engine for. Th- and it just kept going. And you're like, maybe if I do it like this, maybe I try to pump the gas, and it just never happened. Yeah, I still finished it for some reason. Okay, next up, biggest news story of 2021. Matt, what's your pick? I got them reversed. You swapped them. Yeah. Uh, so mine is uh, Activision and Blizzard are full of horrible, <laughs> abusive sex pest weirdos. I hate to laugh, but... um, and uh, so is probably the rest of the industry. But we were really talking about that uh, allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly, um, reportedly. But yeah, uh, that is def- that was definitely the uh, the biggest story I would say because it it filtered out into the mainstream press. It absolutely did, um, and there are it's a lot also of people been going that- on for a long time. Oh now. yeah, and it's yeah. finally coming to light. But like, yeah, uh, and you can see you know quietly you can see the rats at the other companies like trying to scramble to cover things up before they get exposed. Um, 
which is good because that'll you know a little proactive movement on that is well is, i mean is good. look whatever whatever it whatever takes it takes to get you there to get yeah. them to act the way they should be acting right. i'm okay with it but like yeah. um uh the big part of it you know to, to me the big part is like that and maybe good things will come out improvements will come out of it that's good and the fact people are finally telling their stories after going through all this shit that no one should have to go through in a professional setting or any setting for that matter yeah. like stop being stop being abusive weirdos people yeah um but also just the fact that this is like because of this, this is one of the faces that the industry has shown the world, yeah. shown, shown the world through the mainstream press, the mainstream reporting. Like there are people who only know, like you know, I know people, like people, my, not my mom, but my, people on my parents' age, they only know Blizzard because Blizzard's where all that horrible sex stuff abuse happened. stuff happened. Yeah. Yep. You know, like yeah. that's 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 your brand now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of watch... the reasons. I, one of the reasons I continually say that Blizzard is done as a brand because the world at large associates this story with the blizzard name that's true and one of the things you can do to clean that up in the public at large <laughs> Get rid sphere <laughs> is to remove the blizzard name and people won't necessarily make the connection between blizzard and activision yeah and that's that's shady and shitty but it is something that a corporation will do welcome so. to reality shady yeah. and shitty welcome to kodakville <laughs> um okay my biggest news story and i did pick something different is the Generation 9 is still freaking sold out. Yeah. I mean, this ties in also with the fact that the entire world is in a supply chain right. crisis. Crunch. Which yeah. is absolutely one of the biggest stories in the world. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cream cheese shortage. Did you know that? I did not know that. There's a cream cheese shortage. <laughs> like, you can't get cream cheese in places in New York. Really? Bagels are going without cream cheese. It's a, it's a <laughs> tragedy. It's a national tragedy. <laughs> there are people offering each other, like, weird different forms of... Someone, someone, was like, someone offered me, like... Like like spreadable Hawken cheese on my bagel. I'm like that sounds pretty good actually. <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. So last night I had kind of settled in on Activision Blizzard as well. I think either one of these stories totally viable picks. And then said <laughs> my mind said they they've asked not to make cheesecake for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah. Go back to go back to 2018 and try to explain that sentence to yourself. I know. It's insane. It really is. We're living it. We've just been conditioned to it at this point. Yeah. Um, I think either of those stories are good picks. But last night I was kind of waffling on it. And one of my buddies, my more casual gamer buddies, texts me. And he's like, so PS5 and Xbox, and he misspelled Series X or whatever, are a thousand bucks, right? <laughs> and I was like, together, yeah. I was like, no. I'm like, they're four ninety nine. And he goes, no. He just wrote back, no. And I was like, who are you talking to, dude? Yeah. Like, think about who you're talking to. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he, he's like, where? Where can can you? Just, so he goes, send me. <laughs> he goes, send me a link where I can buy one for five hundred dollars. Well, that's different. And I was exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's different. I'm like, because you, I can't. There's no yeah. place to buy them. So I sent him to PlayStation's official site where he can order one and get placed on a waiting list, basically, right. and he'll eventually get one. But that just showed me my casual bro texting me, and he's like, he still didn't quite understand what was going on. He didn't get why he still couldn't just walk yeah. in someplace and buy one. I had an old friend who's like a cat, like finally thinking about getting a PS5, and he was convinced that it wasn't out yet. Right, he couldn't find one. Never anywhere. seen it on a store shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm like no, it's been out for over a year. You just <clears> can't, <throat> you can't find one unless you're lucky or scalping or something yep and you're right like it does tie into the bigger global story of a mm-hmm. pandemic and the supply chain shortages once again and- when you're when you're fighting a man to the death for that can of mountain dew in april you you remember this you remember <laughs> you remember uncle matt said you were going to be doing that <laughs> it's true you still believe it 
Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm actually going to fight a man to the death for can of Mountain Dew Zero, but it's... But it, that's only because you stocked up on it, right? I had to go find more. <laughs> just fucking with you. Uh, I have, um, you know how many far-flung targets I've had to go to to get that shit? <laughs> Dude, talking about I was like, maybe I can get someone I'm up in San Francisco visiting my mom, and I did like a search for Mountain Dew Zero on, um, uh, on the Target website. There is no Mountain Dew Zero at a Target within 150 miles of San Francisco. It's not just that, Matt. I can't get Coke Zero anywhere. It's crazy. I have to go on a Target's website and search for it and then like keep expanding it 5 miles, 25 mm-hmm. miles, 50 mm-hmm. miles, 100 miles. And I, there's just none. Yeah. It, why is there no Coke Zero? It's a can shortage. Is that what it is? That's the, the main thing is a can. I don't even want the cans. So, I want the... 20 ounce bottles of six packs. Those I haven't seen those as much. So all the Mountain Dew Zero I found recently has been in the (laughs) bottles. So they're getting there, but the cans were. It started with the cans because the the aluminum is is hard to to get now because the import problems. Oh, anyway, Um, the aluminum for the the aluminum for all your Coke cans is sitting in a container ship, 180th in line outside of Long Beach (laughs) Harbor. Like that's where it is. Uh, All right, we got to start picking it up because we got a not a ton more to go, but still more to go, and we're running out of time. Uh, Next up. Here it is, worst game we played. And this is literally what's the worst game of 2021. Yeah, there is, yeah, there is no competition on this one. We, we both picked the same one. I bet you this is another award everyone in chat can guess what we're going to pick. If they even remember if this. If they even remember this. I I mean, I had to look at it because I knew there was something in the back of my mind that it was a terrible game. And I had to look it up. I always I, get the title and then I was wrong. like. And then I was like, "Oh, that was this year! Wow! Yeah. Like that, it's you know everything before the vaccines, uh, <laughs> everything before it's I got BV the vaccine. I'm like, is like 2020. BV like, 2020 and ended in like March. Yeah, for before me. vaccine, after vaccine. And the chat has it. Oh, they got it. Oh yeah, there it is. The well, they did well over. almost because they said they. Everyone gets the name wrong. Because it's it is Balan Wonderworld. Yes, I Not also Wonderland. I always I do the same thing. I call it Balan yeah. Wonderland because Wonderland is just a more natural word to say because of Alice in Wonderland. Well, it's like I can't. It's like I can't remember with the Disney on the East right. Coast. Is it Wonder? Is it Disneyland or Disney World? Like, yeah, land is on the West Coast. World <laughs> is in Florida. Um, so yeah, there's an element of that. Um, also, like, oh, what a weird word. Dude, what just look name. at the art in this game. Let me. Yeah, that was this year, Justin <laughs> Horman. It was like February or something. Dude, just look at the art in this game. I'm gonna try to scrub back here. And again, like look this at is, that dude. This is sort of an evolution <laughs> of this sort of an right evolution there. of Knights. Like the evolution <laughs> of Knights' art style, but Knights' art style worked on the 32-bit console because it was more abstract. Like once you put the details in of like the guy's shirt and his hair oh and the eye like, like like it just looks weird and uncanny. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> like this is an element of and they're trying with like some of the hair stuff there where it's like it's a good contrast to Ratchet. It is. Like, <laughs> this is how things can go wrong. No matter how much horsepower you have. <laughs> like, someone really tried to make that basketball look real. Yeah. But, like, it... they worked hard on it. <laughs> Weirder character art from Vincent Balan or Dokev? They're pretty close. Yeah, I will say Dokev's characters have more personality. Yeah. For sure. Like, they, but... can, they can do that dance and stuff. I don't like looking at any of them. No, but this, I'll tell you, I think we're going to be stuck looking at Dokev because I think that thing's going to be a hit. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's going to do well. This game did not do well, and it may have ended Yuji Naka's career. So there I would go. argue that Yuji Naka's career has ended ended this a while ago. Last he just didn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, I knew. For me, I thought Yuji Naka's career was pretty much over with Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. That's like where it, was, it really ended. 
yeah. which this game reminds me of uncomfortably so. Uh, Billy Hatcher's better than this game. It is by a wide margin. But this game has that same sort of like, <laughs> why? I know. They do it. It's like why would you do it? Like why did no one stop you? Yeah. You know, like. It, <laughs> <sighs> yep. So there you go. Worst game of 2021. Anyone who has to argue about this, I'll Indian wrestle them or something. Yeah. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> this is also a fun category. Mm-hmm. The game we didn't get. So this category is where we pick a game that other people either love or hate, and we're on the complete opposite side of it, and we don't get it. Mm-hmm. So say I love Balan Wonderworld, which would be insane. Let's say I did, it would be the game I didn't get. Yeah, I get. would just pull the plug on the TriCaster right now. <laughs> yeah. if you did, if you... Show's over. Show's over, kids. Yep. It's no more. Yep. So it's no more shame. <laughs> so a game we didn't get is basic. Generally, we usually, the way we usually do it is the other way, where it's a game that a lot of people love that we didn't like as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what is the game that you did not get for 2021? Deathloop. I, I, I do not understand where the nine and tens came from on this. I don't get it. I mean, I like, do kind of get really that. Don't. I mean, I think the design is pretty interesting and unique. Oh, yeah, but I just don't think it added anything, and I found it mostly annoying after a while. I'm like, I don't want to keep doing this. It's just like, we'll get to it later, but it's like, this is exactly how not to get me to like, like essentially a roguelike. Like, it's just... I, I just I it never felt like, like I was not doing the same thing over and over again uh, when I die and redo it and then when I'd succeed and do things and move on none of that ever felt very satisfying yeah and like there's a point at which early on it's, it's fun to see him get tossed around and, and beat up and not know what's going on but it got old pretty quick and then like the way he tries to turn the tables is just sort of like I don't know like None of it worked for me, and I'm just part of it. Is I think I'm going to have to uh, admit that I just don't like how Arcane makes games. Yeah, like I don't. I didn't like. I mean, I I really want to like uh, Dishonored and Dishonored Two, and, and I don't I wa- really. And I want to like this, but I just don't. I agree with you. I'm I'm the same way with Arcane. Like I liked Prey. The I most Prey. Out of Prey all was of them. the best thing I think they've made. But I really like Prey. A lot of them. It's just I don't like the art in hardly any of them. No. It's just yeah. very – and, look, again, art is very subjective. Oh, so yeah. Because I don't like it, I totally understand someone else's Like, I definitely might, think, but. like, what the art style they're going for in, like, Dishonored, I think they get there. I think they certainly achieve it, but I don't like I it. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. It's not this bad or, like, they didn't execute. That, by the way, is the same way I feel about the character design in Arcane. Like I, I'm reminded of Dishonored in a little in Arcane, bit. And yeah, I, I can see not exactly you the same, that. but it's that's it's something about it. Just they're just not far enough away from Dishonored for me to like how those characters look in that. I can see where you would say that. But uh, yeah, this I just don't. I mean, it's, it's not like I think it's terrible, but like the fact that this game got ten out of ten yeah. from people, it just boggles my mind. Yeah, I'm I try very hard to sort of like you know kind of leave that uh, you know space for opinion differential mm-hmm. and all that. I do not think that is a defendable opinion, that this is a 10 out of 10 game. I oh, do I not. Would, I'd like to hear someone defend it to someone like us. Yeah, I don't. Who would ask him really hard questions. Because <laughs> uh, it's think, one thing to, like, you know, to really love a game. You know, like, I really love Chorus. I really love a lot of games. But, like, 
would I give would I if I wrote a review of Chorus, would I give it a ten out of ten? Of course not. No, you you're conscious of the fact that you have certain things that yeah. you like that other people may not like as much, and you understand that maybe you're on an island on some things, and you mm. wouldn't try to say, well, this is my definitive opinion, and everyone else should agree with it, and this is everyone yeah. else's favorite whatever. I thought I saw a review. I was looking at a video review of uh, 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 the GI Joe deck building game, which just came out, and I played. I played <laughs> That's with a thing. I played with our friend Kevin last week. Oh. And uh, we were kind of like, oh, yeah, there's, there's some randomness because there's dice in it. And that's not really popular in board games right mm-hmm. now. It's dice, it's, uh, randomness like that. Yeah. And I saw a review, and this guy was like, I love, he loves G.I. Joe. It's one of his favorite things from when he was a kid. And he got this game, and he played it. And he's like, he's like if there's two things, there's two, there's, if you love G.I. Joe and you love or don't mind randomness in a game, it's like a 7 out of 10. <laughs> if you don't like both of those things, it's like a 3. <laughs> okay. And I'm like... That yeah, makes sense. Like, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. He, no, he's like, if you don't love both of those things, if you don't like randomness or you don't like G.I. Joe, it's like a 5 out of 10. And if you don't like both of those things, it's a 3 out of 10. Oh, okay. So he gave you like a, a range of, of what to do. And I felt, as someone who had just played that game, played the game, that that was a pretty accurate summary. Okay. Um, so that kind of thing I get. But in, in that sense, it's like if he'd said the G.I. Joe game was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. If you love, like, even someone who loves G.I. Joe will not call that game a 10 out of 10. And that's how I feel about Deathloop. It's like, you can admire what it's doing without what I can only describe Gushing as hyperbole. It. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, I, I found those, I reading those 9 and 10 reviews was bizarre to me. It was like looking into another universe. Okay. So, uh, my which I pick. guess is fitting for that game. <laughs> my pick, it's getting dark. Look at that. It's yeah. the darkest it's ever been since we've done a show. Four, it's 440. So. Oh, no. we got to get moving. Um, okay, the game I didn't get, and I don't think anyone would be surprised by this either. You can probably guess this, although the chat hasn't yet, um, is Metroid Dread. Um, I, look, I don't think the game is bad. I don't think the game is great. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people, a lot of critics think it's great. Yeah, the, the defend to the death people on this game are bizarre. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and I and I'm part of it's just the Nintendo effect. It's like you can't criticize a Nintendo game for six months. It's also been a lean year for Switch. Let's be sure. honest. There hasn't been sure. a big blockbuster. This was kind of like the one big game for the entire year. So yeah. I can and there understand. were some people. It was like finally the game of the year is the Switch game again. And they thought that they thought Metro Dread was like a lock for that. Or so which is so bizarre, ridiculous. I mean, my biggest problem with it is that it doesn't feel like a Metroid game to me. It feels mm-hmm. like in stops and starts it does, but there's no reason. Like all the stuff that they added to it made it worse. Yeah. It did. I can't think of a single addition to this game that made Metroid better. Uh, no. And it's not just, really. I, I struggle to. I do. I still do like the counter move, but that's from Metroid Two. Yeah. From the, from the I, str- I struggle to understand how people could like the Emmy stuff. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. How could somebody like that, Matt? I don't know. So I don't like, get I, it. The one hit stealth like that is like I have played so many bad stealth games that do similar things and I never have liked that once. And then on top of that, the fact that you beat them the same way every time. Like, it's yeah. not even like each Emmy you have to hit a different <clears throat> target on their body to blow the armor that then kill them. Or It's always the face. Yep. It's always the same weapon. And then it's always to charge it up and shit. It's the same, same thing. thing. I mean, yeah. To the point that the game even kind of lampshades it when they just, like, kill off the last one in a cutscene. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's just, yep. I don't know. It, it, bleh. Bleh. I don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> Category is games we don't get. I don't get it. I don't get it. G I T, G I T I T. Get it. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, this is the big award. 
big best platform. So this is the platform that we feel like had the best 2021. That means by platform, it's not best platforming game. It's, you know, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, whatever. And we agree on this one. The winner for the best platform of 2021 is Xbox Xbox Series X. X. Not even a question. Just the thing I've played the most by far. By... 20 times I've played my Xbox Series X more than any other platform this year. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Um, the hardware's great, minus the fact that it cuts out with my TV every once in a while, which is really yeah. effing annoying. That's, that is annoying. That is really annoying. And some of the some of the OS stuff is still a little weird. Places. I've had like, it crash way more than my PS5, for example. Yeah. Um, that might just be usage. Could be. But, uh... Yeah. But... Otherwise, it's a great piece of hardware. Having Game Pass, I never run out of something to play. The exclusives this year were great. We had Halo Infinite. We got Forza Horizon at the end of the year. Both Game of the Year contenders mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, you could also argue PC on this because a lot of, they share Psychonauts 2, another stuff. Game of the Year contender. But, like, my PC is not powerful enough. My, P- my PC does not have the performance of the Series X at this point. No, I my Series to... X kicks my PC's yeah. ass, which is why I wanted to let me install Windows <laughs> Because <laughs> I'll never find a GPU well, for less than a thousand bucks. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, I know it's time to build a new PC. I built because I built mine. When did Witcher Three come out? Twenty fifteen. Seventeen was it? May twenty fifteen. Witcher Three? No, you're right. It was fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So my PC is gonna be seven years old next year. Next May. That's old for a gaming PC. I built mine when I launched Sifted. So mine's six years old. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I need I need an upgrade for sure. Um, but anyway, Xbox Series X was a great year. Sony had a lot of its stuff get moved out of the year. God of War was supposed to come this year. Horizon was supposed to come this year. Gran Turismo was supposed to come this year. All of them got shoved out of the year. Um, Ratchet's great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Returnal was good. Um, it had some good stuff, but the breadth of the entire discussion and Switch wasn't even a factor. PC, I considered. It's been a pretty good year for PC, um, unless you want to try to build one. <laughs> Mm. And then it was a terrible year for PC. Um, It was an easy pick for me. Xbox Series X. How long has it been since PlayStation or Switch? I mean, when's the last? Have we ever? We've never given it to Xbox in six years. I don't think so. Xbox One was such a dud. Right out of the gate. Yeah. And look, this was never even a contender. This was six years of them building back. So it's well deserved. They knocked it out of the park. They're doing a great job. Yeah, the Game Pass doesn't hurt. Yeah, it absolutely doesn't hurt. So there you go. Best platform of 2021. Matt and I both agree is Xbox Series X. Next up, best graphics. Here we get to the categories where we give a runner-up and a winner, mm-hmm. and we do need to speed this up, Matt. Otherwise, we're going to be here all flipping mm-hmm. night. Um, your runner-up for best graphics, and yeah, we yeah. actually are different on this one. What's your runner-up yeah. for best graphics? Uh, well, I do want to give a quick shout-out to um, a game that I didn't pick as a runner-up because it's not on the par with these things, but I was really impressed by it just visually and aesthetically, a game called The Ascent, no. which is that, cyber, cyberpunk, that cyberpunk twin Diablo twin-stick shooter. Twin yeah. shooter. Like, that's on Game Pass, too. If you haven't played that thing, download that and w- take a look at the best cyberpunk world ever realized in a video game. Yeah. Like, it is gorgeous. It is, yeah. It is an incredible piece and of work. you can see Better a lot than, of it at once, too. Because like, it's an isometric game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you get to see layers of the yeah. city, like, looking down. Like, put Cyberpunk 2077 to shame. To shame. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the honorable ascent, mention. Honorable mention, <laughs> The Ascent. Great. Yeah. Uh, but the runner-up here is for Forza, Forza Horizon 5. Um 
I realize some of it's kind of cheating uh, to to put in a driving game. It's a big open world, and you don't have to do a lot of detail on the character. The humans just still don't look very good. Yeah. But um, just driving through the the areas in this is incredible. Let's like, be honest, like, the cars are the characters. Cars are in incredible. Yeah, yeah, the cars are the people. Like. <laughs> Nobody cares what the humans look like. Let's see. We'll see what the cars are. Yeah. Um. Just look. I was. I'm continually struck. Like I. I have screwed up turns because I have been distracted by how good this game looks. Yeah. Um. It looks so good that I like driving through the woods and mud tracks like this, and I don't even mind that I hate off roading because <laughs> it's so. It's so I like slippery. all the dis- different disciplines in this game. I enjoy this, them all. This is the most fun I've had with everything across the board of any of the horizons. Like I don't yeah. avoid any particular kind of. Uh, event because I haven't come across many drift events. <laughs> yeah, they're in there. You got to You got. I avoid those in every racing game because I just hate them. But yeah, the trick is to have a car that speci- you specifically tune for it, yeah. so it makes it easy. I guess. Um, but this, this game is, is freaking gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Like yeah. in either mode, performance or quality. Like it doesn't yep. really matter. You get a little bit of extra. It's really hard to tell the quality, difference. It's hard. It's very it. hard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is this game's gorgeous. We already we already knew that. Fantastic. Yep. Um, and my pick. So I decided to break it up a little bit. Um, I wanted to award one game for its art and award another game for predominantly its technical prowess. And so the runner-up for me is my art pick, and that is Psychonauts 2. Matt mentioned it earlier. Like, it's one of the best-looking games of 2021. Um, and it's not because it's pushing a ton of polygons, or it has ray tracing and all these crazy zany effects it's about the art and the level design and the character design um it's about the variety again it takes two also very similar like there's just so many different things in the game that are done so well visually um i'm and i'll say this too i'm actually not a huge fan of like the character designs in Mm -hmm. the psychonauts franchise they're weird and uh i feel like i should they should put me off but they don't and they I don't do know me a little bit but everything else is just amazing like i feel like we it's too easy to just hand the award to a game that just is on a powerful piece of hardware mm-hmm. like a lot of games have an advantage right now because maybe they were built specifically for generation 9 consoles this wasn't this game has been in development for like five years it's still makes a huge impact. Like, when I think back across the year of games that I played, what visual moments do I remember? Like, half of them are from this game, Matt. Mm-hmm. Like, just the positions that they put you in and how well they realize it. Like, the teeth. Like, yep. There's just so much little stuff like that about this game, well-deserving of my honorable mention, my runner-up for best graphics of 2021. All right, let's get to the winners. And everyone can probably guess this winner. Yeah, this is not a mis- It's not, not a, a hard one to guess. And we also have the same winner. And the winner for the best graphics of 2021 mm-hmm. is Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank, Clank Rift Apart. Um, I don't know what else we have to say about the game at this point. Yeah, like, look at it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, like, look you at said, it again. like you said, next gen is here yeah. when you put this in. Yeah. That's when you know. That's when you know why you spent all the money on your new console when you play this game. And eventually there will be a game like this for Xbox Series X as well if... Horizon didn't do it because Halo Infinite yeah. did not do it for me with Xbox. No, Horizon's, not a level. I mean, I think Infinite looks nice. Yeah, but it doesn't look like this. Horizon's close, but Hellblade looks pretty Hellblade's damn good. Hellblade's up there. Yep. Um, so we'll get Avowed it. Avowed might be up there. Yep. We need to see more of that. Yep. We'll get it eventually for Xbox, but yeah. this is the first one we got for PS5. And Hell, it might be a third-party game. Yeah. On Xbox. And the other thing too, it, it could be. You're right. The other thing about it too is that like this isn't just about 
the effects and the polygons yeah. and every it's also has amazing art and art amazing and the presentation and animation, the animation and, and the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the visual storytelling the, is yeah, second to none it's amazing i mean in, you know insomniac always has been second to none in that yeah but this is one of the this game feels like oh this is what you were wanted to do all yep. those years and now you can yeah absolutely okay we got to keep moving next award most innovative mm. game this is a category that mm. matt usually doesn't care about Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not a big innovation guy. I am. Um, but Matt, tip, as he has said many times, he'll take a quality game over an innovative game mm-hmm. any day of the week, and I can appreciate that. And that, that does tie into my pick for runner-up. Yep. And it is? Uh, it is Wildermyth. I will tell you, Matt, I had never heard of this game. Did not know what this was? Nope. Okay, so this is – and some of the people Full that have heard of this are probably saying, like, well, then why didn't you have a strategy pick? Because this is a strategy RPG. Oh. And that's because – I don't like the strategy in this game very much. Oh, interesting. But the innovation of Wildermyth is that it tells and creates and procedurally generates stories for your characters. So the idea is that you start as these characters that are like farmers and they become heroes over the course of this. It's kind of telling the end of a mythic tale in this world and then you focus on these characters. But the way that it develops, it's this procedure like you say procedure generation of it you basically develop stories between the different characters in the party and how these characters go on it invents little like kind of story arcs and quests for these characters to go through and they're great they're fat like you remember these characters and like you can take those characters forward into other stories and like do things like, awesome. stuff like that you can you can have endless stuff where like you just kind of go through like a sort of an endless dungeon sort of thing but like the character stories will still evolve along it and i admit i have not played a ton of this because i don't like the game part very much <laughs> but the story the, the character story generation thing is genius like so it's so it does not get my award for best strategy game because even though it's probably the best strategy game i played this year um it's not worth i still didn't want to give it an award for yeah. that but Maybe. innovation wise i've never seen anything like that that worked that well. That made me think like it was like making these stories for these characters made me remember them and made me think like, oh yeah, that guy did this and they did this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like twenty five bucks on on Steam. Try it. Yeah. Like you'll probably like it more than I did because you like strategy, like turn based strategy stuff more than like you're, or you're better at it. And if you turn the difficulty way way up, it's basically XCOM. Wow. Like it's hard. Huh. Like it's real. That's one of the reasons I don't like it is I, I find it frustrating. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, my runner up. For most innovative game of 2021, and this is going to drive Matt up the wall, is Deathloop. And I will say this. I struggled between picking this or Returnal for the runner-up for most innovative. Because I've never really liked roguelikes, but I liked both Returnal and Deathloop. And I would argue that Deathloop actually does a better job of restructuring the roguelike um, in a way that made it palatable to me. Returnal does a good job as well, like not losing everything when you die, mm-hmm. being able to kind of build up that arsenal as you keep trying over and over. Uh, maybe part of the reason why I gave the nod to Deathloop was because I wasn't dying as much in Deathloop, mm-hmm. and I wasn't pounding my head against the wall as much as I was in Returnal. I mean, Deathloop definitely leans into the more kind of uh, dishonored Bioshock pedigree yeah. more so like you're, it's not trying to kill you constantly right. the way most Rogue Returnal are. does yeah. the whole oh, time yeah. that's the point I mean the, the horror of, of Returnal is it's, that you've already died a bunch of times <laughs> yeah. before you even started playing right yeah um, 
And we're saying that, like, we're probably worth saying at this point that Returnal is my winner for most innovative. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So, because we're talking about both games at the same time here, pretty much. For all the reasons you're citing for Deathloop, except I don't agree that Deathloop does that, I think Returnal does it better. Okay. Um, And the main thing for Returnal for me is, like, I have had friends who have never been able to play a roguelike or roguelite or whatever you, however you want to phrase it, um, play this and love it. That worked for, that happened for me. The yeah. problem for me, though, is that Deathloop came after this. Mm-hmm. So this definitely was the first time I was like, I actually don't hate this. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm kind of enjoying it. But I I played Deathloop longer, got mm-hmm. farther, didn't you, bounce off it as much. You it just your, wasn't as punishing as Returnal. You had your Dark Souls epiphany. Yeah, I guess and so. And yeah. were able to apply that to, to Deathloop. It's true. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, I, obviously I just said that Returnal was like right there for mm-hmm. me. So I totally get, I think depending on your taste, you could pick either one of those. And I think they're great picks. Um, my overall winner for most innovative kind of straight out of the bounds of both of those games. And that is, it takes two. I've loved 3D platformers since the first time I played Super you Mario 64. Put a 64. mustache on a talking book and Shane will give you best <laughs> innovative every time. Hook, line, and sinker. Um, this, this game I played 3D platformers for forever. If you guys remember, I think last year my pick for most innovative game was Fall Guys because right. it innovative the, innovated the 3D platformer. It made it like a battle royale game. Now, Hazelight has turned the 3D platformer into this awesome cooperative experience. I mean, I've honestly never played anything like It Takes Two. Mm-hmm. Have you? I mean, I've played co-op platformers before, but nothing that was so designed around the idea. Just 100%. You know? and the how, whole like, thing every designed time, around it. And how every every section gives you a new thing to play with. Like, yeah. like no two areas of this game play the same. Like, you you never hit a point where you feel like it's shown you everything it has. The because rabbit there's always hole, a new element to each area. The rabbit hole goes deep, too. Yeah. Like, you keep playing this game. Like, some of the stuff that they start presenting you with is bonkers and awesomely yeah. bonkers. And sometimes you can play this with, like, more casual players. And, like, it'll te- it teaches well enough that they can do some stuff that you're like, oh, I would ne- wouldn't have wanted to try to explain how to, how to do that from scratch with you. But the game has trained you how to play it properly. That It's, it's a very... It's a very smooth onboarding curve that, like, is it, you know, there's some talented people over there at Hazelight. Uh, my thoughts on a way out notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, build to a ch- they build to the challenge so gradually you almost never notice it's, it's happening. Yeah. It's really well done. Yep. And they just keep piling on the stuff like any good 3D platformer. It's like yeah. they give you the and basics. And it's all fun. And it's, it's all fun, fun to do. Like, yep. There is no ability, you know, temporary ability you get that is like, oh, it's so annoying. I, I hate it. Having to do that. No, they're all fun. Can't wait till I get through this level. No, they're yeah. all fun and they're all like fun to go back to and yep. do again. Yeah, it's, it's Anytime great. one of my favorite genres can get evolved in a significant way, I'm all for it. Just the fact that you have to play it with somebody else and you can't play mm-hmm. it by yourself even if you want to. That's in- Whether you like it or not is one thing, but that's innovative. Like, Ballsy. It is. It there. takes some guts. Yep. So yeah. there you go. My pick for most innovative game of 2021, It Takes Two. It's like how Kojima wanted to make Metal Gear Solid have one one life and then the disc was useless. And right. You go buy another one. Like, he was going to sell for five bucks each. And like if you died, you had to go buy another copy. It's like the worst idea What a ever. dumb idea. That is like, the worst idea. Making me go to Best Buy after I died. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, come on. Okay. Uh, next category, most anticipated game of 2022, and we're coming down the home stretch. We have most anticipated game and then game of the year. Um, most anticipated mm-hmm. game of 2022, we also have a runner-up for that. What's your runner-up, Matt? Uh, my runner-up have finally made it onto this list uh, because it actually is coming out next year. <laughs> Elden Ring. Yeah. 
I know it's not on yours because you already played it. Yeah, I did play it. You already know. <laughs> and I do know. But uh, now I'm finally at the point where I can start being looking forward to this and yeah. being excited because it's only a few months, a couple it months away. It is. It's just like two months. Two months. Yeah. yeah. End of February. Yeah, it won't be long and we'll we'll I'll be able to partake and you guys all be able to laugh at me suffering through it. Yeah. I probably will do a stream for this game um, when it comes out. So you guys have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Entertainment abounds. Uh, but we just talked about this game a ton. We probably don't have to say much more about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think you need to explain why. Yeah, especially why you. Are, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think we all get why you're excited about this game. Um, my runner-up for most anticipated game of 2022 is Horizon Forbidden West. Thought I might be playing it this year. Mm, I close. Th- I actually, Almost. thought I might be playing it like right now. Yeah. But didn't work out that way. But that's okay. It just makes for a more awesome 2022. Horizon was my game of the year in 2017. So pretty obvious why I would be really excited for the sequel. Um, PlayStation 5 exclusive, built for the PS5. Gorgeous. Um, and if it has all the elements that the prior mm. game had, it's going to be great. Oh, they did show uh, PS4 shots for the first time yesterday. Oh, they did. Yesterday. Oh, so it is going to run on both. Oh, yeah, I always said that. Oh, that's right. I, I, it's hard to remember. Like, hard to remember because it looks great. It, yeah, it does look great. Yeah. The only, it still looks good on the it PS4. It doesn't look as good as Ratchet, but... No. But, but again, it's an open world game. It's an open world game, and again, you are hamstrung by the fact that they're humans. It's true. Like, it's easier to make cartoonish characters look that good. You know, yeah, because like you don't brain, know what they're supposed to look like. It. Yeah, your brain accepts it more easily. <laughs> The abs- more you can abstract, the better. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there Unless you go. Unless you're Yuji Naka. Yeah. Then don't do that. <laughs> there you go. That's my uh, runner-up for Most Anticipated of 2022. Mm-hmm. Matt, what is your winner for my Most winner Anticipated Game? Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, uh, I mean, Horizon was also my game of the year for 2017. I've played it three times since uh, total. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, of course, yeah, this is by f- this is number one for next year by far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly for the first half of 2022. Who knows what's coming in the second half. But like, Or what we think is going to come and then we'll be delayed. Right. Yeah. And then be on this list again next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great pick. Obviously, it was my runner-up, so I can totally understand um, why it's your winner. And I think people probably can guess my winner um, for most anticipated game. I think it was my most anticipated game last year. Uh, I believe so. If I remember yeah. correctly, and it did not work out. And that is God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, but this time, I think you're probably right. I think it will come out this year. <laughs> it was supposed to, it was, look, they had a trailer with a date for 21. If they delay it to 22 and it doesn't make it, there's something going on at Sony Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game is also going to be playable on both PS4 and PS5. Um, so I, you know, they probably, it's been in development for a long time, at least like three years at this point. Um, and it's being built, you know, off of something that was already built. So it shouldn't be like they're starting from scratch. Mm. Um, I will never know why they put 2021 in that trailer. It was just, it was always fantasy. I would love to ask them that, ask like Corey Barlog that. Sony. He'll just say Sony. 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 Sony Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But I mean. It's probably a stockholder thing. Maybe. God of War was my game of the generation. God of War 2018. Mm -hmm. So it was basically my game of the year for 2017 versus my game of the year for 2018 and my game of the generation. And that's why God of War gets a nod for me. Um, God of War was right in my wheelhouse in so many Mm -hmm. ways. I cannot wait for this game. Um, Hopefully it's as good as God of War 2018. And if it is, it's going to be a tough battle. Sitting here at this point next year, Matt. Imagine that battle. Yeah, between that and Horizon and Elden Ring. There's and so Breath many. Breath of the Wild 2, maybe. There's, there's so Actually, many. 
It's worth noting that you know, I, I didn't even think of it. I only think of it, really, but like when they ran the footage of, of Breath of the Wild 2 in, uh, in the little montage they did in the Game Awards, down at the bottom it said, uh, sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which reminded me, we don't even know the name of that oh, game no, yet. no, no. They haven't given us a title. They don't, yeah, they don't name Zelda games blank 2. Yeah, it's not Breath of the Wild 2. It's not Breath of the Wild 2. It's going to be called Legend of Zelda something, something, something. Something, something, yeah. But they obviously we don't even want, know what that is yet. They obviously want to coast off of Breath of the Wild, so oh, yeah. they're going to keep that... That, that title there for yeah, they're a they're going to keep you thinking about that until it's time to pre-order, for sure. Yep, yep. Okay, so there you go. Those are our most anticipated games, and now it's time for our picks for Game of the Year 2021. Once again, we have a runner-up and a winner. Matt, what is your runner-up for Game of the Year 2021? Um, if this hadn't been, like, a late entry, I would we probably would have the same runner-up and winner like, this year. Okay. But it did... So my runner-up is Chorus. I was I have to admit, I was very shocked by this. Chorus is really, really, really good. Um, again, sort of going back to that G.I. Joe deck building thing, if you're me, it's like a nine. Mm-hmm. If you're a normal person, it's probably more like a seven. Yeah. Uh, but this really... Well, this is your award. Yeah, but like, this really scratched... You aren't picking this for someone else. It's really scratched an itch that, like, nothing else tries... Really, it really even tries to, like... Um, Rebel Galaxy is probably the only only other franchise that really has uh, been addressing this kind of thing. And yep. the, you know, we, we don't really do mods here, but the Tie Fighter remake uh, mod uh, was amazing this year too. So uh, this was it's just nice to see this sort of subgenre addressed by anyone uh, at all, let alone with like the production value of this game. And this is a you know. It's not going to set the world on fire, but it looks nice. It does. It, it, uh, if it does well enough, the sequel could become something special. Yeah, sequel could be something great. Yep. Um, and this is pretty pretty good. for. I mean, this is by the guys who did Galaxy on Fire on mobile. Like, this is basically a, a mobile. Wow. This is a mobile developer going console, wow. essentially. That's impressive. And they, they fucking nailed it. They did. So, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Chorus. I'm still playing it. I'm still enjoying it. Um, I hope they do three more. Okay. And they may. We, you already sold one, Matt. Yeah, I mean they did. They did a lot of Galaxy on Fires, so let's, let's do a lot of choruses. <laughs> you already sold one. If people keep buying them, maybe I sold they'll... JM Rain one too. He said. Oh yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, okay, my runner-up for Game of the Year, and the Matt alluded to that he, if it wasn't for Chorus, he would also have this as his runner-up. Is Psychonauts too? Mm-hmm. It's the whole package. Everything about it's great. Um, here's Double Fine, a studio yeah. that I admire. Tim Schafer, a man that I admire. And they make amazing games. Tim and, of Legend. Yeah, Tim of Legend. Um, obviously, I think if, if you start thinking back through this whole show, what game has Shane talked about? Probably the most of any game, this is it. And I alluded to this earlier. I kind of was foreshadowing that it was my runner-up for Game of the Year. Because when you do awards like this, you have to think about the breadth of everything. And you start realizing very quickly, hey, what are the games that keep popping up? And for me, this is it. This game kept popping up. I considered it for almost every category. And it won a lot of them. It won for a story for me. It won best in its genre. Um, It's a great game. And uh, everyone should play it. And I hope everyone does during the holiday break, maybe. It's not exceedingly long. It's the perfect length. It really is the perfect length. Um, Which I think a lot of people would ask for a lot more of these days than, you know, I'm cool with a 20-some hour game. I don't need it to be 60 or 70 hours. No. I really don't. This game is exactly when it Street should. Valhalla. What, what, exactly. Yeah. 
That's too long. 40-hour expansion. Yeah. Nobody, nobody <laughs> needs it. The game's already 180 hours it's long. Insane, what are you doing? dude. It's insane. So anyway, my runner-up for Game of the Year is Psychonauts 2. Congratulations to Double Fine and the whole crew of people over there. And here it is. Our pick for Game of the Year 2021. And this is one year where we both pick the same game. Although I think we do this pretty often. Pick the same game for Game of the Year? Yeah, it happens a fair amount. I think it oh, More than half, probably, I would guess. Horizon, uh, God of War. Yeah. This. This. That's three out of six right there. So yeah. we're at least 50%. What was last year? Um. Oh, we both picked. Did we both pick Control? No, I didn't pick Control. I did. I don't remember what Star I Wars Jedi Fallen Order was my game of the year. The year was it came it? out. Yep. Yeah, it was mine. I thought that was it mine. I have to look that up. Yeah. I don't know. But I said 50% or more. 50% yeah. or more were the same. And we're the same this year. And the sifted game of the year for 2021 is Ratchet, Ratchet and, Clank and Clank Rift Apart. Do we, don't, do we need to say anything about this no. game anymore? No. It's real good. <laughs> We've talked about it game like. Game good. Yeah. Okay. Play game. <laughs> You're right. We don't need to say anything else. If you watch this whole show, you know exactly yeah. why it's our game of the year. Although Mark Simpson asked why if both most anticipated are PS5s, why is the best platform Xbox? Because the best, the most anticipated wait. is next year. Wait, Think about that one again, yeah, Mark. Yeah, we'll run through that Think one again. Think about that one for a second. <laughs> the most anticipated games of 2022 do not make something the best platform of 2021. Yeah. It was best platform of 2021. Not, I don't even know what he's talking about. Anyway. Uh, we both picked Witcher 3. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's four at We least. both picked Last of Us 2. That was last year. All right. Yeah. Man, I thought Last of Us 2 was like two years ago for some reason. No, nah, it was last year. Dude, the Rona a... has my yeah. timing all screwed up. Actually, before we go. I think the only time we might have disagreed on Game of the Year was 2016 when I picked Last, uh, last of Us. When I picked uh, uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that was it. Uh, we're pretty unified on that stuff for whatever reason. Before we go, though, I do have one bonus award that I want to award. As former supervising producer and editor-in-chief at Game Trailers, I feel it is my duty to at least share my pick for the trailer of the year. I know Jones does it over on Easy Allies. I've given him a fist bump virtually because uh, we're keeping the faith here between our two different outlets. Uh, my pick for that is the debut trailer for Redfall. My favorite trailer of 2021. Mm. I think it tells a great story. Most importantly, it gets me really excited for the game. It also left me with a bunch of mystery. Um, I'm really excited for Redfall. Is that coming this year? Maybe. I don't. We haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, since this, it's kind we? of went underground, which leads me to believe that it probably isn't. But this is an arcane game that does not look like an arcane no, game. Arcane Matt. Austin, so it's yeah. just different. Different yeah. crew, I think. But this was my, and I'll just scrub through it really quickly here to kind of jog your memory. This was my pick. This is my pick for the trailer of the year. It's basically a vampire this cooperative. Is a, this is another. This was this year. I know. Thing. Like, yeah. I was kind of expecting to see something at the Game Awards from it. But. Yep. Didn't show up. The cooperative uh, vampire hunting game, and this is all CG. This isn't what the game actually looks like. But. Okay. 2019. I picked Sekiro. You picked Fallen Order. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I knew I'd pick Fallen Order the one year. There it is. Sifted Game of the Year Awards 2021. We made it, Matt. Barely. Uh, We're way over time. Hopefully you guys Vincent have enjoyed says it. that is currently summer 2022. Okay. So we'll see. Plenty of room nah, for delays That one's on going to be delayed. Yeah. <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling. Bethesda. <laughs> Wait, that's gonna... Yeah. Well, Vincent says that's room to be delayed and it can still make it this year. Yeah. 
Um, I would fall to December and then dying like to it to 2023 probably. Yeah, I would love to do Q and A because this is it. This is like the end um, for us for 2021. Like we're not doing another broadcast. Like after this. I just have to crank out like nine episodes of Factor Factor in the next three days and get them all set up so that there's content running over the holiday break. Um, but this is the final time we get to speak to you guys. And I just want to say, and I'm going to flip to my camera here so I can speak right into it. I just want to say thank you to all you guys. Like, I just got like a report today from Twitch where it talks about like how many people have shown up, like what our max number of people were and all that kind of stuff. And like, how many bits people have given us, how many subs have been given away. Like you, you guys are awesome. Like you have given away so much to people you don't even know. Like just trying to impart on people what our community is. It's amazing. Like how much money you guys have dedicated to giving away subscriptions so that people will come back and watch this show or use their subscription to watch episodes of Pactor Factor a week early or whatever. Um, I am humbled by it, to be honest with you. Like, I I, I wish I, I could say that I know for a fact that it's a reflection of people like Matt and I who are kind of in front of the cameras. And I would hope that, like, how we are reflects on our audience. And if that is true, I'm very proud of that because you guys are awesome. And it's been a great year interacting with you guys. I feel like I've made some new friends. Um, it's always great to see new people roll into um, the chat. And when they finally get the guts to like leave a comment and Twitch tells us it's their first time, like it's that, I don't even know how to explain the feeling that you get. And uh, it's because of you guys, like people show up to watch the show and Matt and I are sitting here blathering. I feel like we've gotten better at getting you guys into the show. And I wanna continue to do that going forward because you guys know your shit and you're awesome. But, like, we should have done it before that, and I wish I had done it before that. I wish I had incorporated you guys into things a lot more quick, a lot earlier than we did. Um, and you are the people that these new people are who are, are interacting with. And you're the reason, almost as much as Matt and I, in the content of the actual show, that these people come back. Because you're the ones they're rubbing elbows with. It's not Matt and I. So, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I can't put into words how much I appreciate all of you people who donate money so that Matt and I can keep doing this what we love to do and we're blessed to be able to do this and even though it has been an absolutely rotten year for me financially that doesn't change any of that because it's like there are people on the fringes of our community that come and go some go and never come back but we have a core of people who are dedicated to us and are here every week supporting us um, and are there every month um, you're the people who, when you see the Patreon really drop, you're like, man, can I bump up my pledge a couple bucks this month to try to cover that? Like, you're the heart and the soul of Sifted. And I love you guys very much, and I appreciate you guys very much. But I also need a break. <laughs> and so it's time to take a break. It's been a grind of a year. Matt, fist bump, man, on another year. Game phase, Sifted. You've been amazing as well. I love you to death. You'll be my brother till the end. Um, I see people are dropping all yeah. kinds of stuff in Getting chat. Close to that level five. Yeah, you guys are just dropping all kinds of bits and subs. And Dark Force two fifty six, thank you for the tier one sub. Um, JM Rain, thank you for gifting subs. It's, you guys are just awesome. Cinetike, thank you for all the bits. 
Um, yeah, it's just amazing. We have a great community. Jose Holiday, thank you for the bits. Yep, everyone's like, I'm beat. Norris Nexi, <laughs> thank you for Twitch Prime. Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. Chevelle Man, thank you for Twitch Prime. Yeah, so I can't really say yet when I'll be back because I have not bought my tickets yet because they're outrageously priced. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I were trying to like hold out on getting our return tickets to try to get them cheaper. So I'm not 100% sure when I'll be back. It's looking like the 31st because right now that's the cheapest day to fly because mm. most people want to party on New Year's. Right. And we're more than happy to fly home to California for cheap instead of partying. Um, so it's looking like probably things won't pick up until like the first couple days of January. Uh, but make sure you follow us um, on Twitter, at Sifted Games, um, and then you'll know what's going on as far as when we get back and when things start rolling again. There will be content going through our channels throughout the entire break. Most of it's going to be Pactor Factor. It's all I can do. Um, Vince is going to create a couple Game Pass fails, but for the most part, it's going to be a whole lot of pack here for the next like week and a half. <laughs> I hope you guys are cool with that. Um, pack attack. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a pack attack for the next eight days. And I'm going to bust my ass to make sure you get that pack attack. So watch the damn shows. Uh, but anyway, I think that's it, man. Mm -hmm. um, it's been an amazing year. Again, thanks to you guys for everything. You've been amazing. Happy holidays to you guys. Whatever you celebrate, whether it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, whatever. I don't care. Like, I just hope that whatever you do celebrate is awesome. And you get time with your family and with your friends and time to take a break. And that is something that I need and Matt probably needs it too. And Christmas is great for that. So again, much love guys. Thank you for all your support this year. Thanks for watching this crazy long episode of Game of the Year. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. We'll see you on the other side. Take care.